Welcome back for episode 21 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on March 9th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. A big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have a man who just simply loves his Adobe programs, Justin Sane 0516. Heyo. And next up is the third member of our merry little band, the leader of a growing cult of personality, Steeman Willie Beeman. Pan be with you, my children. <laughs> Tonight we're also joined by an amazing friend of ours who many have come to know as one of the lore gurus both within our chat as well as the Cryptarchs and Destiny lore subreddits, Unisys. Uni. I'm curious if you could touch really quick on how you got started with game lore and what aspect of Destiny lore in particular you find the most interesting. I got started with Destiny lore back when I joined the uh, Destiny Google Plus community. Uh, DBM Gamer um, runs that community, and he has a ton of fabulous lore videos. And... Um, he he really is the one that, 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 that got me into all of this and sent me down this rabbit hole to burn in hell, apparently. Um I uh as far as the lore I guess it would be easier to ask what do I not like. Um the um the one thing that um I enjoy the most is weapons and items. And how those items tie into the lore and the story and uh, the personality of the characters in the game. Awesome. Yeah, and we know on uh, Destiny lore you had a running weapons uh, like factoid going on there for a while. Yeah, and I, 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 that kind of, it didn't get stopped. Um, I love doing it, uh, but I, I, w- what actually happened was since I was posting every day and and every one of the posts, they they were getting a lot of attention. So what was happening was my posts tended to kind of clutter up the front page, and uh, that's where the Cryptarchs came in, and they invited me in as an ad, and they gave me a place where... I basically went to the Cryptarchs and just created a full wiki, which now um, I maintain. And uh, anytime I come across a weapon or a suit of armor or an item that just, you know, has this amazing story behind it, I go to the Cryptarchs and add it to the wiki and, and um, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, and that, and that actually is a really cool wiki, so... If you haven't already checked out the Cryptarch subreddit, go give that a check and uh, look at that wiki. It's, it's It grows by leaps and bounds, and it's pretty awesome just showing the interconnectedness of everything within the game. So, awesome. All right. Well, as many of you probably can tell, the topic of today's chat is going to be a discussion over the lore behind the Vex. However, before we get into that, I do want to run through some quick notes Our last chat covered the Exos. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts on it, please be sure to check out our Podbean site at focusedfirechat.podbean.com for archives of all previous chats. 
You can also find us on iTunes by searching for Focus Fire Chat in the podcast section of the Apple Store. If you guys don't mind, please give us a review just to let us know how we're doing and if there's anything we could do better or if you'd like to see us actually address. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny primarily. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. The topic for next week's chat has been decided, and it's actually going to be over the last remaining rate, the non-player race, the Cabal. And we also must always remember, to speak of Destiny lore is to accept certain limitations. We are ill-equipped to understand such an entity that defies simple causality. So let us accept these limitations and proceed with a look at the information that we have about the Vex within the Grimoire. I love that. And you're going to pass it off to me, so I I, I knew. I seen what you did there. Now, real quick, we're going to get back to uni. Um, Whereabouts are you from, man? Because what had happened was, that sounds like you're down south here somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh I'm from Mississippi. I have there shoes. You go. I can't read. <laughs> um, nice. Not very well, but I can read. Um, there is electricity in my home and running water. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Don't don't feel don't feel like you're the only outcast in your state because yeah. I'm in Florida and I've never been to jail. So. Um, <laughs> I understand your plight. I, I honestly do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, with that out of the way, I just I, I was like I wanted to make sure to ask that. And okay, the Vex, living metal, incomprehensible intelligence. The Vex are architects of an ancient and complex structures thought to be buried within every celestial body, linked by a network unlike any on Earth. They operate in unison, directed by a single unfathomable purpose. And I did not screw up a single big word. Yes, go me. It's going to be a good night, guys. It would have seemed so um, pro if you hadn't mentioned it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Act like you've been there before. Man. <laughs> um, but we're going to go ahead. I'm not going to try to draw on too long on this, but uh, TLDR. Yeah, they have kind of like a hive mind is what you get from this card. We're going to dig into how, why, so on and so forth later mm-hmm. on. Um, and we will also get discuss their single, well, it's a single unfathomable purpose. But, I mean, we we discussed in chat that we feel, uh, or there's that theory out there at least, that they feel like their purpose is just to find a timeline in which they don't go extinct, you know, that they exist in and continue to do so. Um, but let's dig into that later, and I believe we have the ghost fragment up next, Justin, or maybe well, Uni. Do you want? Let's real quick. Do you want to do? You want to break out the types of vex, or do you want to jump into the? Because the ghost fragments, I think we could. Oh, I see what you did here. Right. Okay. Because I mean, um, let's because just real quick to touch on the ghost fragments for vex, those were primarily more from Maya's standpoint. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. they they definitely showed us the ability of the Vex on one of the Vex mines, but that was more for the. the I mean, it, it was more to tell the story. Yeah, I know that one was. Uh, those cards are more or less to tell the story of the Ishtar scientists, mm-hmm. and you know, as we discussed on that show, most likely lead into the Exo Stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it also shows you well, at least a couple of the cards are showing you like how the Vex operate. You know, when when they feel like they're threatened, what they do, and they they simulate things. That's they love simulations like. Justin loves Adobe. You know, can't get enough of it. So can't simulate that. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, um, I believe some. Who wants a goblin card? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the goblin. And just by the way, for people who are new, uh, I am not an enthusiast of Native American architecture. Adobe, the program. <laughs> um, just so we're all on the same page. Just, just to make sure that we we cover all the bases. Just, I don't want to get followed on Twitter by like the the uh, Comanche tribe or something. Hey, hey, so, not hey, that I wouldn't appreciate the you, follow. Yeah. I'd be lucky. <laughs> All right, move on. on. Moving on. Yeah, move on. <laughs> Goblin. All their joints turning together, moving together towards you. The Goblin is the basic unit in the vast computational network that is the Vex. Shattering the large, fan-shaped head does not seem to cause lasting damage, but sends the goblin into a crackling frenzy. Yeah, I mean, if the Vex were a chess set, they'd be the pawn. Right. I think. And then, so, and that then jumps into the next type of Vex. And what we'll do, what we'll do here is I want I think we should just do regular Vex and then we can touch real quickly on the Taken there are a couple Taken cards because the Taken there are some Vex that have been taken namely the Goblin the Hobgoblin and the Minotaur and so we'll touch on those but let's get what I was thinking is let's just go through the regular Vex to kind of explain the base and then we can look at the Taken real quick to kind of explain the the Taken cards do have a bit of flavor that actually explains what the uh, the base piece that they were prior to being taken kind of stood for. Did you have, did you have something over there, Will? Now, now bef- yeah, I just want to say before we go moving off of the Goblin, <clears throat> um, the theory was thrown out there in one of the chats. I don't know. There's so many now. Um, that the... If you look at the goblins, like their crit spot is they're on their belly, mm-hmm. and that's the white spot. And then, of course, we'll get into the milk later and all that. But it, it could be possible that that's where they store the the vexy, the radioactive fluid. Yeah, it's right there in that little white sweet spot right. that you hit, and you get the big yellow numbers, and it looks all pretty. <laughs> The juice box. Yeah, the juice box. And I think that can actually be furthered by that card and the way that they go crazy once you take off the head. Because taking off their head doesn't kill them, but what you do do is get rid of their – and don't even – I'm sorry for that. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But and This that's, is going to be one of those nights. Right. But well, you, you get and, rid of his eye, so right. I mean and, that, you go crazy both, too if you're blind. 
Correct. Well, and that that kind of goes into another theory that we we had in chat that I remember reading was the the fact that it's not that the Vex are just the Radiolorian fluid, and it's not that the Vex are just the machine, but that they're both. They're living metal with the CPU of the Radiolorian fluid, which actually I kind of the more I think about that, that actually kind of does make a lot of sense. But it Bo, does actually, yeah. Bo and Chad actually makes a really good point too. The other, the other supporting fact about that is, is you know, just in the same sense that a hobgoblin throws a shield up, when you shoot a goblin, he kind of crouches or they kind of crouch in to protect it. That's their, that is their critical weak spot. So you know, within game, you know, taking taking the damage counter that you would have that we see when we're playing out of play and trying to imagine just you know in game seeing this you wouldn't have that yellow number popping up necessarily so you would you would understand that that would be a very critical weak spot as well as it's pretty much i mean looking at the grimoire card for a goblin it's very apparent that it's not and heavily armored area like everything else on the goblin and pretty much all the vex are pretty much solid armor except for these little what it appears to be you know glass and that's where the concept of the juice box comes from so i mean that's that's juice what box I was, juice box juice box time so really quick to jump to the next the next step up I guess would be the best way to do this is the hobgoblin. And Uni, do you want to read that one? Oh uh, yeah, I can. Okay. Let me uh Or I can I can take it if you want to pull up the uh the next one after that, which No, be... I can get it. I got okay, it. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh the hobgoblin. Uh, specialized for sniping, this lean, tough Vex model is fitted with improved optics and accurate sensors. In its horns. Like the goblin, the hobgoblin contains a milky radiolorian fluid. Attacking a hobgoblin often triggers a defensive reflex. The hobgoblin seals itself in a stasis and waits for help. So it doesn't typically wait very long, but. (laughs) And that's why you. Just you go for that crit spot because man, it's so annoying when they get that shield up to you. Right, I, and I, I was gonna save something for spinfall time. I, I, I don't want to dwell on it too long, <laughs> but uh, I've just got the picture up. Mm-hmm. Look at the picture of the hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. What do you see when you look at it? Like just uh, a hobgoblin, a, a flying nun helmet. No, look at the head. Yeah, that's the flying nun helmet from Prison okay. of Elders. I see Look the it. Taken, uh, not not the Taken, but the Titan helmet from... Uh, right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's a good one, too. From Prison but of Elders, yeah. Check this out. How about Oryx? Yeah, I uh, can see that. Oh, yeah, the head, the horns, and the crit spot. <laughs> yeah, in his belly. I don't but, think there's anything to that. No. Well... <laughs> I don't think there's no. anything to that. <laughs> See, now you've got... Oh, my gosh. I wanted to but, bring this up, but there's nothing to it. No, yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to point this out. Not that it actually means anything, but I'm Justin, so, you know, there's It does remind you a lot of orcs when you look Please at it, though, dude. Um, just the way the horns are. Like, orcs right. has very unique horns, and right. so does this hobgoblin. And we take these things for granted because we, we were looking at them for, what, five or six months before we ever saw orcs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... 
There, well, it wasn't actually, like over that. a year. Yeah. So we actually got to see Orcs himself. Yeah. So you, it wasn't in your mind and I was just looking at the picture. So derail completed. Go. Um, the other thing about this is that this is also the card that does confirm that they have radiolorian fluid in the juice box. So, and that's, you know, the hobgoblin contains a milky radiolorian fluid. So like the cop. Yeah. Like juice box has juice confirmed. It has velk. It's a, it's a it's a milk box. That's what it is. Um, I drink it. I bet it tastes like the oh sea. Oh God! You and move it. No, never mind. <laughs> so just just real quick. So I know I know a lot of people who are in our chat have already kind of been inundated with Radiolorian information. But for anybody who's not in the chat yet, get in the chat. Um, yeah. The Radioloria, or, or, let me just read really quick. There's, I mean, it's you can Google this, and it's a pretty basic explanation on Wikipedia. But it's it's protozoa that basically they produce intricate, intricate mineral skeletons, typically with a central capsule dividing the cell into the inner and outer portions of endoplasm and ectoplasm. Um, blah, 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 blah. They're basically found as zooplankton throughout the ocean. So it's another nautical creature. And their skeletal remains make up a large part of the cover of the ocean floor as silicus ooze. Now, that's that's important, and we'll get into that just a little bit later. But the, um, the, the big thing here is that they are actually kind of like a plankton. They're very, very small, and they, you know, again, there's another theory that we can, we'll probably get into also a little bit later that the importance of that are kind of, it's kind of significant. But then there is another point that says, due to the rapid turnover of species, they represent an important diagnostic fossil found from Cambrian onwards. Basically, these guys have been around forever. And then if you actually go to Wikipedia and you pull this thing up, there is a picture of a species of Radioloria that is shaped like a regular icosahedron. Now, the importance of this is actually kind of cool because if you look at the concept art of the Black Garden, this little thing is actually very similar to the images of the Black Heart that we had from the concept art in the Black Garden. So now, granted, the Black Heart was ginormous, whereas these things are itty bitty. So... It, it's just interesting there. And then also there's, and we talked about this a little bit in our Vault of Glass episode, which is, you know, I had fun with this one. But as you descend through the Vault of Glass, there are different stages that you can tell within the architecture. And literally it is as if they are building a shell upon a shell upon a shell. And you can see all these uh, geometric building upon that would be very, very similar to the Radiolorian in our world. And they're also called Radiozoa, apparently. I don't know what that is. I guess that's plural. I don't know. But, like a protozoa. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So, but the, the, the actual architecture of the Vault of Glass is actually very similar to the mineral skeletons that the Radiolora or Radiozoa would actually construct in real life as well. They're, it's very, very seashell-like, and you know, there's, there's different um, geometric patterns that are very rep- repetitive within the Vault of Glass. So that's really brief explanation of when we say Radiolorian fluid, a Radiolora is actually plankton, basically. 
And so when you start looking at the goblin and the hobgoblin and then also some of the other vex, and we start talking about the radiolorian fluid that it contains in all these juice boxes and the, the mine units and stuff like that, that's, that is actually, it's not, it's not something that was made up for destiny. It's actually based in a real thing that we actually do. And they're silicon based, which again, we'll, we'll touch on later. Now, real quick, Blue, now that you said that, when you said plankton, you know, I always thought of them more as, like, protozoa. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they just want Krabby Patties? Oh, God. <sighs> you know, they might. Think, I've I never tried just, to offer think, one a Krabby Patty. Do you, do you think they're just mad that the Ammonites were Squidward and they were just grumpy? Oh, God. <laughs> did, we just, did we just equate <laughs> Destiny to... Yeah, that just happened. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait. Before we move off of that, does that make works, Mister Krabs? That is totally what I just <laughs> thought of. Okay. He had the uh, recipe. Got to get that straight. He, he had, had the, the recipe. Damn recipe. That's, yep. That that's what the Vex want. They want crab. We're done. We're done. All you right, figured yeah, out the secret. On. The Vex want Krabby Patties, and that's why they're mad at Oryx because he won't give them the recipe. Not. <sighs> Confirmed. Not confirmed. That's a. Um, <laughs> oh, that's would, very much what confirmed. Would, what would that be on the pay-in scale? Oh, geez. That's that's a twenty point nine. <laughs> <laughs> as far as plausibility goes, I think we can all. No, that's, uh, that's like paying. Go ahead. No, that's like paying in a rowboat with Bob Ross painting pictures of ducks. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> That's special, is what that is. Like my mom always used to say, that's a special kind of stupid. <laughs> I did want to say that the, the Radio Loria, the image, and I'm struggling to find it. I'll try to get it up in chat, but it heavily resembles an axiomatic bead, which right. is the uh, the item that we actually get in game when we're killing the Vex, the one that actually gives us what is it two fifty glimmer or I can't remember when was the last time I worried about glimmer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna try to get that done there pins. Let's um, move it. No, and there's there is one more there is one other point. Um, Radiolorian actually do they are actual electrical conductors. Um, I believe that was Taylor B. Uh, pointed that out on Reddit as well. Um, so, May, mayonnaise in chat. Thank you. And yes, that would make. I'm not even going to finish that. No, I'm like, <laughs> we we've derailed this. Moving on, Minotaur <clears throat> says, "I thought it was a sa- at a safe distance. I was wrong." Minotaurs pack brutal heat, but most of their processing power is devoted to the physics of building massive Vex complexes suspected to extend through multiple dimensions. Minotaur models are thicker and harder to crack than any other bipedal Vex, and they use their teleportation capability aggressively. So, the the interesting thing here for me is that this is where you start kind of figuring out that the Vex aren't actually designed primarily. They're not designed solely for war. They, they seem to have a construction uh, construction. I can't even, I just blanked on my, my term that I was going for. They're programmed for construction 
and then the the capability of combat is a, is just a beneficiary secondary capability. It is kind of one of the things that kind of flows through here is the Vex are actually designed to build and they use, and I know, Uni, you can probably talk to this more a little bit, but their weapons actually, I think all the weapons have primarily um, construction uses. And Correct. They, 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 just yes. tend, they just also have the ability to become weapons. They, they also have... Um they also act as network repeaters. Right. That's right. That's and right. and communication devices and uh, several other things. I mean, it, it, the the Vex weapon itself, uh, no matter the the you know whether it's a Minotaur or a Harpy or a Hobgoblin, um, those weapons are like a Swiss Army knife. That's what I was and, thinking, Swiss Army knife, dude. Yeah, and 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 you're you're exactly correct in that, you know, their primary function is not battle. Right. None of them, you know. Um so it, it it's really kind of interesting and it, it really speaks a lot to the Vex in general. Uh I mean, if you go up to a Minotaur and just Crouch, he can't do anything to you. Why would they have that weakness, right? And That's you know, mean. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's 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 so it's such a simple thing, but it's you know, so it it it, it actually does say a lot though mechanically about them, mm-hmm. you know, how limited they are physically. Yeah, because I think it was the slap rifle that was like a rivet gun. And then you've got like a torch hammer and yeah, right. I'm pulling, I'm pulling it up right now, actually, because so for for those who aren't aware, Uni also has started doing mind maps for the conversations that we have in chat, and this this mind map just is amazing. I think um, May and yes, uh, Captain M- Mayo, M- right, and 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 I'm sorry. Mayonnaise, but I'm 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 we're just gonna call you mayo, um, um, un, until you tell us something else. Um, but yeah, she they did a fabulous job. I I create the mind map and I create a basic structure, uh, just based off of the grimoire, and then I open it up to chat and say, okay, guys, here you go. And Mayo jumped in there just knee deep and started making changes and uh Captain, you know, Kex was 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 throwing around things and, and like we spoke about earlier, we probably spent two days just discussing the structure and hierarchy and, and it took that long just to build that out on the map. And so the reason why I was bringing this up is because this makes us recounting this thing infinitely easier because, oh my gosh, this is just, this blows me away. And we will, we're going to start trying to get these saved and archived as well, as well as, you know, continue building on these as well, I think is Uni. And I think we'll talk about that later too, because I'm, I'm working on with that to, with you. But the cool thing about this is, is okay, so our Vex weapons, just real quick, we have the line rifle, we have the slap rifle, the torch hammer, and then uh, the slap grenade. And then 
Oh no, the Cyclops is just basically the the construct. But yeah, so just real quick, do you want me to read these just to while we're on the topic of the weapons? Yeah. Well, before we move on completely from the Minotaurs, mm-hmm. I want to point out that they don't have an orc head like the hobgoblins do. They that have a head right. exactly like the goblins. Right. And um, um, it was brought up in chat. They, they're pretty much like Hulkbuster Vex mm-hmm. or Hulkbuster Goblins. Right. And they I also that was really cool. They Something also don't have juice boxes. And they have no juice box. Which is a Or their juice box is very deeply hidden. It's shielded. And yeah. Um, yeah, you're better to just right. keep shooting them in their stupid faces until they die. Um, go on with the weapons, Blue. So, okay, real quick. The line rifle. It says the Vex line rifle fires high-velocity solar particle jets deployed on hobgoblin chassis. The line rifle serves as a sniper weapon, pinning down targets or delivering the killing blow. Like the slap rifle, the line rifle is a terminal weapon, terminal weapon, although its source is much more energetic. Some believe the weapon pulls material from the accretion disk of a galactic singularity. This would imply the Vex are near, or have already achieved, access to a terrifying range of civilization-killing weapons. Others consider this unlikely and propose that the line rifle simply draws from a central Vex power supply. I.e., this is the Vex version of a sniper rifle. And it hurts. And it a lot. hurts a lot. <clears throat> then we have the slap rifle. From a tactical perspective, the slap rifle is a Vex-directed energy weapon that fills their analog of the light infantry role. From an engineering perspective, it's something much more interesting, a terminal. The slap rifle receives a bolt of solar energy from somewhere or some wind else, and it points it at a target. The terminal's flexibility is impressive. In non-combat conditions, the slap rifle seems like it might serve as a viable field transmitter, construction tool, navigational beacon, network repeater, or any of a number of other utility functions. So that's <clears throat> sorry, that's that's kind of what we were talking about with the the Vex weapons being a kind of a Swiss Army knife. And then we have the torch hammer, which is generally found on the Minotaurs. The torch hammer is a devastating Vex heavy weapon. Firing projectiles of strange matter, the hammer mauls targets with exotic particle decay and deadly radiation. And so the torch hammer doesn't seem to really have a... I don't know. Does, does I don't think that really seems to have a secondary purpose other than to smash things. Right. Well, I mean, it's a freaking hammer. So right. what do you well, want? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. They could use it to destroy it. Demo. 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 Demolition, or maybe they just need to hammer some nails in. Who knows? You know, might not have a little fun with it while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, I love how the slap rifle and the line rifle grab the energy from somewhere, somewhere. We don't know. Right. <laughs> it's, well, it's and that, pretty- and that's, and yeah, and then you have the slap grenade, which you know it says the Vex use slap grenades to drive targets out into the open. These devices behave more like miniaturized gates than conventional explosives, channeling a void energy pulse from a remote location. So it's, I mean, their their weapons definitely send, they, well, and, you know, we do the thing that most people associate with the Vex are teleportation and the Vex gates. So it makes sense that their weapons would predominantly be that, that theme would be present there as well. You know, one thing that's really bugging me right now is, like, 
I know we're going to end up bringing it up next week too, but you, you look at it and the the two factions you see fighting against each other the most are definitely the Cabal and the Vex. And I can't help but wonder because we've been going through these cards this week if like the Vex are just like not toying with the Cabal but trying to better understand their military structure and how they go about things on these battles that they fail or if the Cabal legitimately like somehow find a way to get a leg up on the Vex like we do which should be impossible with all the timelines that they'd like to produce. Yeah, and I know that was <clears throat> that was a topic in the chat was the whole so the whole thing with time travel kind of throws a wrench in the logic of multiverse. Being, well, <laughs> I mean not even I mean just just basic so just basic time travel. Like the concept of time travel means that if you make a mistake theoretically, well, yes, multiverse theoretically as long as you're not in a dynamic time model you could go back and just fix it because you made a mistake and then you could just go back and reverse it. And if you're in a multiverse, first off, the primary the primary universe isn't going to be rewritten. You're just going to create a separate, uh, separate universe in which you've rewritten the way that the time goes. But in a fixed universe, which is more akin to the merchant and the alchemist, then you're going to – I mean it's – it's basically everything is in a fixed time theory. Everything is a fixed point in time. It's already happened the way it's going to happen because of the way things have happened. Whereas with a multiverse, you can actually change the way things are going to happen, which just create a new universe in which that timeline continues forward in a different fashion. And then you have which, the dynamic I mean one, which is just, if you change anything, you're just going to have a temporal implosion and everybody dies. The butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for the fixed timeline, that I don't think that would be a possibility when we come to the Vex. Because if, if that was the case, they would have already won, right? Well, I mean, you could argue that they have already won. We just haven't experienced it yet. But why wouldn't they stop even even if these are just small victories for us, you know, mm -hmm. taking down Atheon and the Vault of Glass, uh, destroying the Black Heart. What, let's say those are just small victories for us. What gain would they have letting us win these battles? Be, so if you, it, again, again, depends on the theory of time travel that you're operating off of. If you're operating off a fixed timeline, then the it's not a matter of what they would gain. It's a matter of it's physically impossible to yeah. change because it's already happened and it will continue to happen. If you're operating off a dynamic timeline, or not a dynamic, a, yes, a multiverse yeah. timeline. God, man, I'm my brain is already starting. If you're operating off a multiverse model, <laughs> then you're also going to have to understand that every change that they make splinters that that multiverse again and think forks right well it each yeah, change I mean, to the yeah, to the yeah, past actually no, splinters and, forks and, and i guess because I guess you we'll would have forks right and then you that later but right and because then, then you also have the issue of paracausality and that throws a huge wrench in the entire concept of time travel 
because the entire issue of paracausality means that we can't be simulated in the same capacity that oryx could not be simulated. They can just infer what we would do, but they can't confirm and they can't simulate fully what we will do, which is how we defeat them, is because they can't predict us. But that also begs the question of how are the cabal defeating them? Because exactly. The, because and, the cabal and we know that don't have access yeah. to a paracausal weapon that we know of. Or do they? Well, or, I guess the players, I mean, the scions. Yeah, I was just about to say the scions could theoretically be something of a paracausal capability. But yeah, I mean, we, we will well, definitely get not, into that more yeah, next week. Too. That'll be next week, I guess. Um, and another thing that I wanted to bring up is that Lakshmi. I think she kind of hints more toward we have a a multiverse situation going on because she has quotes yes. that are, uh, for instance, you know, infinite timelines. Try to find one without war in it. Right. Or And then she has another one that's like, let's say we do find a timeline where there's no war. What have you done to deserve it? You know, because she looks at us as just outright war machines. Well, and, and to, she, a, to a degree, that's accurate. But then you have Maya, who's who's on the opposite side of that spectrum, saying that it's the Merchant and the Alchemist Gate, and it's a fixed it's a fixed time. Well, I just want to say this: uh, we we shouldn't get too married to to the thought that it's either fixed or dynamic. It could be the case that there are multiple fixed timelines, and right. the Vex and jump across them. I mean, it could be anything. I mean, Well, and, and depending on how far back, and that's what I was actually going to say, was depending on how far out you zoom, it might... So if you look at it very, very closely, it could appear to be a multiverse, but if you back up and you look at the giant picture, it's actually a fixed timeline. All this stuff could be happening because it's going to happen, but when you look at the particular granules of what is happening, it appears at first glance to be a multiverse that are splintering off. When in actuality, it's a giant fixed timeline. Forking off, perhaps. What What do you think, Uni? Where do you Where do you land on the whole time travel? Well, I haven't got there yet, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get there again. <laughs> I may not. Um. No, and you're there now. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have time to explain what he thinks. Yeah, um, go, going back to what Willie had had originally mentioned, um, Ikora actually asked these same questions in the restorative mind uh, card. Uh, she says, um, "If the Vex could unleash time as a weapon against humanity." Why does humanity still stand? Are we so insignificant a threat that the Vex haven't bothered to bothered with total annihilation? Or is the very state of mankind diminished to a last city is is of Vex doing? Is that the vanguard I'm sorry, that the vanguard exists in a casual loop that the Vex control in its entirety? one from which there is no escape. That all sounds kind of sort of complicated, but essentially she's asking if the Vex could kill us with their own time manipulation that they control, why haven't they? Um, and have they not simply because 
they already have us where they want us, and they're actually controlling us. Um, honestly, and and this is my personal opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, my personal opinion is is that they don't care. Um, they they really don't care anything about us until we cross their path. Um, they're, I don't look at the Vex the same way as I do the Hive. Y- you see, I mean, the Hive, they literally just want to wipe us out because they want to take our light and this, that, and the other. The Vex could care less about our light, I think, in, in, in some ways. I, I think later on down the line in the story, um, that may actually play a part. But as where we stand right now, in the story, I, I, I really don't think they care much about wiping us out because right now we're a tool. And yes, in some ways, that means that they are controlling us because they're keeping us just at bay. Um, you know, there's there's the one mission where we have to go back into the Vault of Glass to help them. Um which is actually probably one of the best missions in I was going to bring that up too, the Paradox um, Missions mission. So great. You know, yes, if, if, if they really wanted to, whenever they took over Mercury and did to Mercury what they did, they could have done, you know, they could have taken that and used it as a weapon against every other planet in the solar system, but they've chosen not to. And I think a lot of that is just because... They don't have to. So to, it's almost their end. Their end goal is their survival. And if it just so happens to mean that we can live, you know, the guardians and and humanity can live, and they survive as well, well then fine, everybody wins. But if you know, you, you kind of see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. The the other thing that kind of struck me when you were talking about that is it reminds me a lot of a gardener. They've they've pruned this particular, you know, plant exactly. of life form to be exactly where they want. This bonsai tree is completely growing the way that they need it to grow to make their garden, you know, aesthetically pleasing or whatever they want or how, you know, whatever they've deemed as being acceptable. They have they have pruned this pruned our life form if you would to be exactly mm-hmm. what they need it to be and that's and that's again that's a tie back into the you know there's the whole gardener in in the i can't remember what the mission is but there's the the groundskeeper who's the the giant right. annoying minotaur but there there is that there is an overarching sense of gardenership with the vex because of the whole interaction with the black garden you know that that whole that whole scene is the very very telling to me. Especially when you walk in the Black Garden, you have very you have tenders, you have gar- groundskeepers. You know that that's what stood out to me when you're when you're saying all that. That that's what you know. And I I kind of I can see that. I I would I would say though, I don't think it's just simple survival that they're after. I mean, we know that they are looking to become the emperor of all shapes. Um. You know they they don't they because to to just say that we want to survive I think is reducing them pretty far I think they actually want to control they don't want to just be because just surviving is just a you know just living they actually want to control and they they've definitely done that going back to that gardening 
you know, metaphor is they've actively pruned things to be exactly where they want them for other. I think they, yeah, I think they do not want to be pawns of the darkness. Correct. I I think that I, and this is, and this is jumping ahead of, you know, because we'll, we'll, we'll cover this when, um, when Blade, yeah, correct. When 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 Blade Trent, when uh, what is, what was her name? Coria. Coria doesn't. Coria yeah, Blade Trent. The Blade Transform. No, that's an excellent. When point. she when she studied the worm. The yep. And and I'm paraphrasing this as a good old fashioned Southern boy. <laughs> she she studied the worm, and the first thing out of her mouth was, "Holy crap! <laughs> what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> Look what I found." Because but, when she started running simulation, she found out that they were going to end up just like the hive. Well, and it's also that was telling, not a good thing, right? But it's also yeah. telling when you when you're saying they didn't want to become minions of the darkness. That could be explained why she didn't introduce the worm to the radiolorian fluid because Correct. she understood the implication. You know, actually that makes a lot of sense because that's one of the big things about the krill that have always that has always kind of been like the tragic, you know, Faustian deal that they made with the worm gods was they didn't see the logical conclusion that this was going to lead to. Whereas with you with an entity of the vex which is based around the entire simulation and, you know, inference of the outcomes and all these logic or logical logarithms that calculate how things are going to end. They they would be able to identify that conclusion almost immediately. They, right. I mean, I could, I could almost even say, see, you know, it wasn't said in the books of sorrow, but I could see maybe that worm trying to make a bargain with the court, with Coria to save itself and Coria being like, you know, no. Yeah. You know, just understanding the intricacies of the deal. You don't, you don't make a, you don't try to make a deal with the devil when you're a lawyer. Correct. Yeah, at the same time, though, I mean, she did deduce from capturing that worm <clears throat> that worship right. was the way to go, though. No, no, and, and, and I definitely think that. But she also, I mean, she, that's been one of the biggest things that stuck out to everybody who's read Books of Sorrow is why didn't she introduce it to the worm? I mean, they made a very big yeah. point of saying they she didn't do it for some un, for some vex reason if i remember that correctly kind of kind of why like uh, everybody's wondering why Deej didn't mention nocris even though he went right over the scannable <laughs> reason I'm, I'm sorry I had to throw that in there so, cuz i mean i don't, i know i don't know about you guys but me i i practically Oh, there was, at my TV screen. There was, there was words. I, I was like, "What the hell, dude? This is the one reason I'm still watching this." Like, you were supposed to go over this. You, you said were you're doing lore. One. <laughs> Damn so, it, dude! You're the community manager. You're supposed to open. Do the it can for of the words. community. Um, <laughs> so okay, so you know, we kind of got off on that one. But real quick, so we we did just talk about the Minotaur, which led into the weapons, right? And that obviously kind of opened a, a can of worms, no pun intended, on that entire conversation there. Which, you know, okay, you can't talk about Vex without talking about, you know, temporal manipulations. Do, do we want to talk about the Overmind Minotaurs real quick and then touch on the taking cards real fast or do you want to continue on the base 
base let's, units. Let's get the base subtypes down, then we can go to named and then Okay, cool. So the next Yep, the next one is the Harpy. And I have that pulled up. If Uni, do you want to pull up the Hydra next? Sure. Okay. So the Harpy, it says, it swam back and forth through the air, spinning the single red eye looking, I realized, for me. The fastest and most mobile Vex, the Harpy is an airborne unit often deployed in flocks on patrols and scouting missions. They must stop and stabilize before attacking. So... The other important thing, the other really kind of important thing for the Harpy is the fact that the Harpy does not contain Radiolorian fluid. Um, and that becomes important when you start looking at the Taken because Oryx can only take things that have biological material. So even though, even if the theoretic theory that they are living metal is true, metal is not actually... I, I can see this both going both ways, but I, I I don't think it's enough for him to grasp onto to take. So that's why we never see any taken harpies or shanks or any of those because they are completely machine. And then the Hydra. And there right. you got that one. Yeah. Okay. The Hydra is a miniature fortress. Despite its physical slowness, It is a rapid processor of the data fed to it by other Vex, and what it lacks in mobility, it makes up for an impregnable... Wow, I can't believe I messed that word up. Impregnable defenses and rock-melting firepower. And I remember, as a level 5 or maybe a level (laughs) 7, coming across one of these for the very first time... Yeah, now you're just like rocket, rocket, bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but this tells us a lot that you know the Hydra act as sort of a, not a gate, but a gateway. If you look at it from networking terminology, it's kind of a gateway. Or a, so or you've got a, all the nodes in the network, your 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 goblins and hobgoblins and this that and the other, and then you they all communicate with. The Almost. Hydra, or in some cases, you know, or, yeah, kind of the Hydra, who mm-hmm. then communicate with further up the chain. Right, kind of like a gatekeeper. Oh. Correct. Mm. <laughs> I always like the uh, the grave mind, key mind comparison from the Halo episode mm-hmm. well, to the uh, yeah. Hydra's. Well, and that's you know, I, I think you could make that argument for most the, most of the Axis mines in general for within the yeah within the Vex. So the next one is technically the Oracles, but uh, I don't. I was about to say the Oracles are pretty much like a, a sub version yeah. of the, uh, the Templar Templar of the Harpies. Well, yeah, no, no the you're Oracles? thinking Gorgon. You're, you're thinking, thinking Gorgon. Gorgon. Yeah, you're thinking Gorgons. I am thinking Gorgon. So the the oracles. So the only mention within the grimoire really of the oracles is within the Templar card, and all it says is legends say that the oracles foresee what is to come, a world as the Vex desire it, and that the Templar has the power to shape reality to make match the oracles designed, expunging any threats. 
So the oracles are kind of an extension of the Templar, which is a Axis mind that takes on the shell of a Hydra, which most most Axis minds tend to gravitate towards some of the more powerful base models, which is either Minotaurs or uh, Hydras. And Hydras being the popular one because you have like, what is it, Nex- Nexus? I can't remember what his name is. I can never remember. Sekaron? Yes, that one. And then the Templar and then the Gatekeeper. They're all nodes of communication, which, I mean, it makes sense when we look at the Axis Mines. But that's the only mention of the Oracles. And then the next How one, did you not point out the fact that the Master Class... One of the greatest of the master class is Here the one go. who Here we go. you forgot that part the the end of the card says the power of the vault flows through the Templar. It will take something extraordinary to shatter its shield. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, who engineered that thing that was extraordinary to shatter that shield? Mm. Kabir. The guy who okay. likes the guy who likes milk stout. I hey, I hey, haven't heard of like him in ages. Get, get oh, it. You, you get it. I see what you did there. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. That's All right. So I just want to point that out real okay, quick. Okay. So, so do we no. want. Oh, no. Go ahead. Do you want to do the Gorgons real quick? Uh, yeah, I was going to say we could do Templar, then go Gorgons, and get all the Baltic glass. Oh, oh fair enough. Let's do Okay, yeah, let's do it that yeah, way. Well, didn't you just do the Templar blue? Yeah, pretty I, did, much? I did pretty much half the Templar. Okay. I mean, really, the only difference is, so da-da-da-da-da, it says, The Templar, even among the Axis mines, the Templar is extraordinary. Fragmentary glimpses and scattered reports suggest the Hydra of impossible capabilities, a creature out of time. The Templar and the Oracles guard the way into the deeper vault. And then it's then that's where it, the legends say that the Oracles foresee what is to come, a world as the Vex desire it, and that the Templar has the power to shape reality to match the Oracle's design, expunging any threats. The power of the vault flows through the Templar. It will take something extraordinary to shatter its shield. And so basically the Templar and the Oracles, that's what we were saying, is you know, they're they're kind of a a dual entity. The oracles feed information into the Templar, and then the Templar takes that information and fabricates reality based off the information that is fed into it, which is why you need to destroy the oracles in order to kind of not get marked by time, which or taint, however you want to call it. And then that's why, that's why oh, that mechanic. That. That's why. Well, but that's why that mechanic exists is because that's basically the oracles marking you as, "Hey, you're a threat." And then the Templar going, "Okay, I'm expunging this threat." They are then, singing to you, sir. They are deciding if you are real, and if you would just drink from them, they would taste like the sea. Okay, so so why don't you back off, my boys, the oracles, a little oh bit? God. So, just but that's, that's that's the Templar, which then which then within the Vault of Glass, once you defeat the Templar and the Oracles, that gives you access into the Gorgon's Labyrinth, which brings us to the Gorgons. And Justin, do you want to take that one? Yes, I would love to take the Gorgons. Um, deep in the Vault of Glass, the fabric of reality bends to the will of the Vex. Warlocks speak in tones of awe of the Gorgons. Creatures that seem to possess a dreaded, almost unimaginable strength, an ontological weapon. Like the oracles and the Templar, 
the Gorgons reputedly possess the ability to define what is and it is not real. Whatever they perceive becomes subject to erasure at their will. Until a countermeasure can be found, guardians must avoid their gaze at all costs or reply to any detection with immediate overwhelming force. The Gorgon's ability must be tied to the nature of the Vault of Glass. We can take some solace in the fact that the Vex cannot manage power in the world outside. Man, it's so awesome. They're like the the Templar and the Oracle's kind of rolled up into one mobile platform. Yep. And it's, you know, they I do like the ending there. You take solace in the clear fact that they can't manifest this power in the world outside, which goes back into the vault being in the conflicts of time, not just for the Vex, but almost for the universe in general. Yeah, and I, I do want to point out, I, I always say that, that they're like the a combination of the Templar and the Oracles. There is one subtle difference. The Gorgons can decide if you're real or not. If they decide that you're not real, you cease to exist. The Oracles and the Templar can actually see a complete future. And the way that relates to you when you're in the Vault of Glass, they'll just see a future without you in it. You know, they, they can they can write that into happening. But their power isn't limited to defining things as real and unreal. They can actually they can, they can actually do a little bit more. Whereas the Gorgon seems to be more of a, a case-by-case basis, like, hey, you Guardian, you be gone. Well, and it seems almost like there's, I mean, it's definitely a more surgical ability than the overarching temporal. The temp, Templar seems more of a blanket coverage you know yes that's a sledgehammer this is a this is a surgical knife great way to put it great way to put it so i always saw the gorgon saying more along the lines of i can smell you because like you don't even have to make any noise and they'll just start oh hey what's that over there oh hey you bye bye oh the good old days that's just my multi. Well, and there. no, 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 and that's and that's a good. It's a it's a good point. And so, uh, trying to think how we can. So that wraps up the base models, right? These are the base. That's what units. I was trying to figure out. Yeah, the base units um, of here. I'm, there are a ton of units with the Vex that we know of, um, but this is this is the base. So this is the foundation of the Vex hierarchy, if you would. Now, on top of that, the next level we have, you know, we have basically what's called the, you have the access mines, which are kind of control nodes. Vex access mines are individual Vex holes that contain local instances of superordinate Vex goal sets. The cryptic, hang on a second, I'm sorry. Hey, just wait till I start reading stuff again. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> this cryptic oh, phrase means something. <laughs> this cryptic phrase means something reasonably simple. The Axis Mine contains a copy of all the information required to pursue a particular objective. This allows other nearby Vex to focus on their local task. Leaving, glo- leaving global planning to the Axis mine. 
Of course, this also introduces a centralized weakness for enemies to target, but the Vex seem to consider the trade-off worthwhile. So this, I mean, like I was, like I was saying, this is basically the, which is why we target the access mines as guardians because we're trying to cripple that network and you know anybody who knows the basic concept of networks or electric currents you take out a central hub it's going to shut down that network and that's the same theory basically for targeting the access mines now within those types so the access mines is kind of a general grouping and then you have things such as the gate lords, the um, nexus mines, the restorative mines. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one is overmind. I think the yeah, same. I say, no, well, the only mention of overmines we have is the overmind minotaur. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's just a type. Um, the, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's I a specific of. enemy. Yeah. The soul progeny. Um, the temple. Soul divisive. Mm-hmm. Oh god, there's uh, there's a lot of subtypes when it right. comes well, down no, to the yeah, man. For as for specific access mines, we have Atheon, which is Times Conflux. Everyone knows who he is. Zydron, who is a Gate Lord. Then you have the Prohibitive Mine, the Templar. You have Secreon, which is the Nexus Mine that I can't ever remember the name of. You do Overmine Minotaur as a type, but he is actually technically considered an access mine. Then the Gorgons are actually considered access mines. Uh, the Soul Progeny, which are the three uh, giant thingamaboppers at the end of the vanilla game. Then you have Quadron, which is another Gate Lord, and Theosian, the restorative mind. And then um, finally, we have the Undying Mind, which the Theosian was introduced in Taken King, and Undying was. I know I didn't get him until the Taken King, but I think he was a was he the PlayStation exclusive? I was about to say yeah. he he he's the one that's in the Undying Mind strike. Right, right. Um, yeah, he was so a, PlayStation he actually got him in Vanilla Destiny, but um, if Xbox you're Xbox, you did not. Right. Correct. Because uh, year long exclusives. Why Bungie? Why they got a big check? Leave him alone for year long though. That is the most weird. ridiculous. It was exclusives really, I've ever heard really of. Big check. Come on, Willie. You're it okay without one check. strike. Yeah. I mean, Call Two of Duty strikes. even. You know, that, okay. that's 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 Activision as well. And right. I mean, their, Are you their content drops a month later. So really, I mean, so really quick on that one. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. So let's see. Do we want to... Do we want to jump into the subtypes at this point? Really, just really quick, just run through the subtypes? Yeah. We can if you want. Um, When you say subtypes, you're talking about like soul divisive, um, soul progeny. Even more big picture. So we have have the soul, we have the hezen, the virgo, the affix, and then the gate lords. Um. Now, gate lords are basically they they warlock. So this is from the Zydron card. It says warlock scholars believe that gate lords regulate traffic between vex gates, and that their minds contain codes that might open the way into forbidden realms. Um, so basically, TLDR: they are the Gandalf yeah, of they, the vex. You shall not. You pass. shall not pass. Exactly, sir. Which is why Thank when you. we take one out, it's such a big deal. Now, 
within these subtypes, there are sub subtypes. And that's what, that's when we get into the, what you were talking about. That's your, you want to do you, I can read through it or Uni, you're in here. You're in the map. You want to read yeah. through the sub subtypes? Yeah. I'm just in the show notes. I'm not oh. in the map. I like to think of them as behavioral <clears throat> units. They kind they kind of are. They kind of are. In, in the grimoire, they're literally referred to as subtype and then sub-subtype. I don't know why they worded it that way, but they did. And again, this was kind of a point, you know, when I started the map, I had just a basic structure. And the grimoire does not, I guess, what what we all in chat finally settled on. The structure that you see in the map technically is not the same structure per se that you see in the grimoire. Um, actually, in the grimoire, if you just look at the grimoire cards, there's really there's no structure laid out in the cards. Right. You know, they just kind of describe things as they come across them. So that's that's one of the reasons it took so long to get all this worked out. But yeah, under soul, you have soul divisive. Uh, soul primeval and soul imminent. Um, these are the uh, uh, statues in the uh, Black Garden mission. Those were the soul progeny. Correct. Uh, the cool thing about these guys is that they were designed and put there to act as uh, conduits, if you will. For the heart. So whenever they come alive, that was literally their purpose was to be able to take, per se, that energy from the heart of the Black Garden out into the real world. And by us taking those out, it essentially took all the energy from the heart of the garden and it died um, or went somewhere else. Uh, that's why whenever they come to life, if you ever uh, watch them closely, they, they actually emit almost like black smoke. That is the, the quote-unquote, the darkness itself kind of coming off of them or whatever. That's theory. Um, under... Uh, so I'm you're heavy. trying to say, Uni, that they've been taken... Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not going to say that they've been taken. I'm not going to say they've been taken. <laughs> Stop trying to put me in a corner. <laughs> Nobody puts baby in a corner. Nobody puts uni in a corner. Uh, the um, <laughs> off of those, uh, there's actually others. There's, as mentioned before, the undying mind, um, the divisive mind. Uh, the precursors and the descendants; those are all part of the soul uh, subtype. Uh, under Hezen, uh, there's Hezen protective and Hezen corrective. Now, the Hezen, if I'm not mistaken, let me double check here. Um, they're only on Venus, and I'm looking to see. I don't want to get it wrong. But which ones were in the vault of glass? Uh, those are heads and protective, isn't? Or is it the corrective? That was well. Heads and protective is concentrated Correct. around. Okay. The vault, yes. The vault. And then yes, and the, and the heads and pro- 
Correct. The Hezm Protective were primarily, you're only going to run across them in the Vault of Glass. When, when you go in VOG, you're, that's essentially who you're, um, who, who you're fighting. The lower-ranked Hezm that you see all over Venus, um, or the, the, the Vex that you see all over Venus uh, in the Citadel uh, and everywhere else, those are just Hezm. They're just lower-ranked Hezen. Um, Hezen Corrective, we kind of had an issue with. Um, I'm I'm reading through the notes that we have on it. Um, They kind of make up the bulk of that force, I think, you know, that I'm referring to whenever you say, whenever I say that, you know, whenever you land on Venus and you run off to the Citadel and and you run into some Vex, those are... I think we all kind of agreed those are kind of the Hezen Corrective. Um, and, and every now and then in a public event, if you're around the Citadel, a Hezen Protective will actually spawn. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, they're fun. Um, um, there's Virgo. Uh, they're another subtype. Um, off of those, you have the Virgo Prohibition and the Prohibitive Mind. Um, and Virgo, so just for reference, Virgo Prohibition is primarily specific to Mars. So correct. The, that's the whenever you run into the Vex and Cabal mixing it up, this, this is going to be Virgo. Just Correct. Kind of, kind of put geography on these. Hezen tend to be specific to Venus. Soul are specific to Black Garden, and some are found in the Vault of Glass. If I, re- I think that's correct. Yeah, some are found in Vault of yes. Glass. And then uh, Virgo. So Virgo is specific to Mars, and that's like, uh, like you said, the Virgo prohibition, and then the prohibitive mind. So just, just to put some right. geography on that one. And so the the last one, the Afix, I think was actually one of the hardest. Right. The unicorn ones. Um, the, the ones yeah. that like don't exist. Except they do. Yeah, I, I I I was at work and I was like, okay, when I go home for lunch, I'm literally gonna go to the Citadel and just wait and see if I can get one of these guys to spawn or I'm gonna you know, uh it it was it was crazy. But what we finally figured out was they can be found on Mars during public events. They are in the prison of elders and they can be in the vault of glass. You may not always see them. Here's the cool thing about the the vex that you fight in the prison of elders they're there voluntarily they were not captured they are there voluntarily and they have a purpose for being there oh yeah reminds no the invasives they they're they're mm. invading things and it's really it's kind of interesting that you know we have uh, the notes here is say the invasive presence in the vault of glass and alongside the Vex gate Lord quadron suggests that they are sort of a security force defending high level Vex leaders and structures that would normally be left to the Hezen protective. However, this is all speculation because I mean, these, I don't, I don't think we even have, if I remember, we don't even have grimoire on these guys. 
Correct. And so the, the I, way I that I find nothing. <laughs> well, the way that you know that it's an affix invasive is the physical presentation of them. They are identified by red frames and spikes coming off their heads. So if you see a punk rocker vex, it's going to be an affix. Just you know, to keep it. And the easiest way to I'm glad actually, that, I'm glad that, that try to catch those in game. Everybody's mind on that one. Oh yeah. Was. No, I, I think that was a good <laughs> good analogy. Um, but if you want to make sure you actually get to see the, the oh God, those guys, Aphix, if you want to make sure you actually get to see them, look for which tier of the Prison of Elders Quadrant is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll get to actually take a good look at how gnarly the Minotaurs and then, of course, there's the they're not called gatekeepers. They're called prison busters. Well, what are prison what busters. are the guys you got? It's prison not. Buster. It's not. It's not prison buster though. They're called something else. Pretty sure it's not prison just buster. Like the buster part. Hulk buster. It, it is prison buster. Jailbreak. That's what they call. Oh yeah 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 okay yeah. They they give you the jailbreak perk. Um, so that way you can actually well. I mean, now you can actually just take a shotgun and shoot the bubble four times without the jailbreak perk, and you'll be fine. Quadrant's easy. You can solo it, but before you needed that perk to uh, be able to get out of that bubble and not die, which Quadrant is actually very interesting, Gatelord. He kind of seems like a... He has a lot of pride in himself, you know. Well, and like, so Quadrin, you know, he's not—he's not a prisoner. He's there because he wants. That's to what be. I was saying. He, he's just like, come at me, bro. Well, like, and it's, it's like amazing. The, even the Grimoire card, you know, it says Quadrin sees only its own glorious future. It has come to the prison of elders with an army of devout Vex war machines to take what it believes to be the first steps towards that future. This machine beast has only one mission. At some point, a light will shine within the walls of this prison, and for its gloried future to unfold, that light must die. Quadron is not the prisoner here. You are, Guardian. So basically, Quadron is Rorschach from Watchmen. (laughs) I'm not locked in here with you. You're You're locked locked in here with me. me. Uh, In his worst Batman voice. Hey. That's that's without without preemptive planning. So, so but actually, there is there is a really good. I going back to the gate lords real quick. Um, there's a really good kind of explanation for him. It says since gate lords' function is to regulate the traffic between fix gates, it is unclear whether they can be sorted into the Hezen, Virgo, Afix, or Soul subtypes, or whether they are a subtype of their own. This would depend on whether they guard the Vex network in its entirety or just a localized terminal or gate. For now, we will consider them as apart from the rest. So that's why we kind of consider the gate lords. And I think, Uni, that was part of that long conversation you were kind of talking about. That's why the gate lords, when we, when we do get this up in the show notes, um, that's why the gate lords is a separate subtype on this particular presentation. Right. Yeah. So, and that's how I view them. I view them as being like the troll on the bridge. Right. You they, know. Yeah, they're kind of <clears throat> separate, but yeah, I I completely don't have a problem with that. 
presentation at all. All right. Really? Uh, okay. No, I have a suggestion. Oh, no, I have a suggestion. Uh, I think we should give uni as much time with items as we possibly can. So I was going to propose we do items first, then we could touch on the ghost fragment vex cards as we saw fit. And then we could roll into spin foil time. I agree. Cause Huzzah. I think, I think the I'm ghost, not opposed either. Yeah. I think the ghost fragments, you know, we, we analyze those really, really deeply in the exo stranger episode. Yeah. So, I think we can summarize those as far as they relate to the Vex pretty quickly. So, Uni. And, Uni engage. Luckily, <laughs> lo- luckily, there's not a whole lot of of items. Um, I mean, there's there's the few items that are out there related to the Vex contain almost no information. They're just, this is what this is. Yeah, I guess that's, that's true because the Vault of Glass items talk about the – they're all specific to Vault of Glass. And almost every – almost every Vault of Glass weapon is referencing one of the Guardians that went in and didn't come out. Or as in super good advice, one guy did. Um, but the one weapon that, that really – uh, interested me was the mythoclast. Mm-hmm. One weapon I don't have, sadly. Oh, oh you're talking. Um, you're talking to one of the people who loves that thing, Justin. Uni, <laughs> we'll go get it. Let's go post stream. Yep. Well, <laughs> w- well, the the if I had a mythoclast, I would still rock it today. Um. I would actually go back to the prison just so I could take it to 170, just so I could oh, rock it today, and and, so and and wouldn't be ashamed. Um, but uh, a funny thing about the Mythoclast, well, it's not really funny. Um, that I found was where did my notes go? Mythoclast actually means. Myth busting, and if you think about what the Vex are doing, in a sense, they saw something, and now they are trying to disprove it. And you know, like what we're saying is that, like we were saying earlier, whenever Quadron saw from you know once they started the the worship and. And 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 this that and the other from the books of sorrow, she quickly realized that going down this path is going to make us pawns of the darkness per se. They are now trying to disprove that future. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought that was interesting. I never really knew that about that name. I've always just looked at it and. Shed a tear because I didn't have one, you know? Yeah. Um, um, I always assumed it was a made-up word, but I guess if you think about it, um, like iconoclast, it, I can see yeah. how that prefix suffix lays out now. That actually yeah. – so I learned something. Well, think about who fashioned the weapons from the Vex. That was Praetith. 
Well, know, we don't know who made um, the Mythic class. It came. We don't know who made the Mythic class itself specifically. Yeah, but it's a Vex. But, I mean, let's look at that real quick. It says it's a Vex instrument from from blah blah blah. Vex instrument from some far flung corner of time and space, mysteriously fit for human hands. Well, we do know that there was a guardian in the vault that did take Vex parts and repurpose them into, I don't know, armor and wore that armor before he, you know, uh, decided to get thirsty. We haven't talked about him. He he hasn't ages. made he didn't make the mythical he made armor though. Right. It was right. created well, who took the parts and made them into weapons. That's true. <clears throat> Which and Pradith is the only one that we know of that is still alive, maybe. Well, at least in one timeline or different multiverse or however. This is why. Oh, Jesus! Damn facts. Um, but I honestly think that me personally, my theory is that it's Pradith. That has made the weapon, but it could very well be good old Kabir himself as well. I mean, it's not entirely plausible, but I see it as unlikely since the last words we heard from him were, if you hear from me again, I am no longer Kabir. No, but he is, Whereas, he is, a, he, if he is a Vex. I mean, going off what Uni was just saying, if they're trying to disprove something... It might be that this was a weapon that they decided, you know, need that we needed it in order to accomplish something to help them disprove that that future. Yeah, which I mean, the Vex was really useful in the Crucible until they nerfed the hell out of it, which it Shut didn't need to be face. nerfed. <laughs> no, and I'm and. I am talking about OG. Okay, these people, there's only a select few people that had gotten through Vault of Glass at first. That thing was literally a two-shot kill from many distances. Like, it, it did not need to be like that. It was so brutal. Like, uh, I remember I know seeing you're the trying video to make where... It, I know you're trying to make it less special for me, but it's not going to work. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. No, I'm just saying that first nerf was needed. The rest of them were... Come on, you know it wrecks. It wrecks today. It still does wreck pretty well, I would imagine. I mean, it's a really fast shooting fusion rifle, so yeah. If you use it, rifles hurt a lot. I use it like a scout rifle almost. Well, that's my sound effect. Just real quick, though, (laughs) you know, going going off something in chat right now. DBM uh, Linkativity and Mayo are kind of talking about this. It's another DBM saying another theory of his is that the only known reference of myth is the myth of Kabir. And what if the mythoclass was the Vex attempt to destroy Kabir? See, see DBM, you ruined it because I was going to reference your video next on it. (laughs) (laughs) That was going to be my next. No, I watched I watched his uh, his Vex mythoclass video and actually. That's where he. I think if he can, he can correct me. I think that's where I heard that theory of his. It's actually well. You should it, check it out. Yeah, and and then um, Mayo is pointing out: Does Mythoclass mean to destroy a story or a story of destruction? Uh, nice. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. Very well played. But and, like so stats. here's here's the other thing is you know the in in the the text of the mythoclass it says some legends live forever, others are overwritten, reshaped by the sheer will of those who believe that any ordeal can be conquered, any foe vanquished, any god cast down. I mean, tell tell me if I'm wrong, but that screams sword logic, right? And. <clears throat> And okay, yeah. so let's let's just break that out a little bit. Ordeal to be conquered, foe to be vanquished, God cast down. I mean, what did we just do in the Taken King? What did we do? Well, that's if you want to look Dakota's at works as a. I mean, they are hive gods. I guess the hive do view them as gods. Well, and we took but out at the same Atheon. time they're gods that had other gods. We took out Atheon. You know? We took out the black the black heart, which you know technically would be. As close, maybe to uh, especially the Black Heart, it would be as close as possible to the Vex would have of a god. Well, I mean, they are all worshiping it mm-hmm. until we come in, and then they're like, "Hey, there's a guy. Let's shoot him in the face." So you know, let's even go any further than that. What if what if this is a Vex attempt to break free from that worship model by killing that god? What if there's a subroutine somewhere within the Vex network that is maybe thought that maybe worship is not actually the supreme final form? Well, and we also have proof or evidence. I don't want to use the word proof, but we have evidence that Hive have tampered with Guardian weapons. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that this weapon is not a Vex attempt to tamper with a guardian weapon mm-hmm. to to the end in which you just you know i mean it's just here let's 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 give them something that they can shoot shoot themselves in the foot with well i mean not even or, that but i mean seriously i mean what what if the vex are stuck in a causality loop with this whole worship thing and they right. you know, they see the the issue that this is not going to end well but they can't escape the sub that subroutine themselves. They have to have an external force that kind of breaks Correct. it. Correct. So they're like, ah, crap. We need something to destroy. Oh, you know what? Humans, humans, come here, come here. Right. Go shoot yeah, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I buy shoot it. the mans. Not even the mans. Shoot the giant. Shoot the giant. That's whatever in, in front of the mans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can I could see that almost, and that you know, let's let's. Talk about Kabir a little bit. Maybe Kabir was the introduction of that idea, and because he was, he was theoretically, we as far as we can assume, in most of the grimoire that we have of him, was taken by the Vex. So and so was Praetith. I mean, so they have they have both a guardian that has no light and a guardian who is full of light. You know, that's not <laughs> so. Yeah. Are, are, well, I mean, there's no saying and, that Praetith is still full of light either, though. Um, well, we know. Well, no, that's true because they can use temporal loops to bring him back to life. Exactly. I mean, because we find, I mean, the the bones that we find in the end of the paradox mission. Spoiler alert, by the way. They they do have Praetith's DNA. So there's that. Um, at the same time, he's still talking to us. And it seems like at the end of that mission, he says, you know, let them know that I made it, is what it seems like he's trying to say to us. 
Um, Sounds like when he's you put called Osiris. I mean, <laughs> it, it seems like he's seen the stranger to me personally. Uh, when you dig into Pradith. <clears throat> like when he talks about the, the, the cell card. I, I don't have it pulled up right now. I probably should have had it pulled up, but I don't. But there there's a Pradith, we call it the Pradith cell card, and it's him talking about how there's only one constant that he sees, and it's her. Not him, yeah. but her. And she always has and a weapon. It, and she always has a weapon, and it probably has no time to explain. And no time to explain why it has no time to explain. But <clears throat> I digress. Um, I want, um, that, I that's know. another thing that makes me go to the multiverse theory. Is just what I was going to say. Is like you know you have Pradith's bones, but you still have an alive Pradith at some time or somewhere that is you know they essentially used him to have us stop them from being taken completely. You know that that's the whole point of the paradox mission when you do it on the 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 special oh god what will we'll be yeah the daily heroic when you do as a daily heroic and you don't die at all and you capture all three of the ghosts before taking out the taken um no before <sighs> scanning the uh, scanning previous bones. Well, you don't want to do that if you got all three right. ghosts. Instead, you right. want to go to the jumping puzzle. Right. And that, that takes you to that alternate world where all those Vex are taken. You know, you yeah. fight a bunch of taken Vex. And um, at the very end, you get Pradit's ghost itself, which has stamps on it that Lakshmi says she would have had to have known about. But she does not know about, so she doesn't know what to make of it either, pretty much. Which... I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the multiverse theory as much as I hate it personally, uh, because multiverse just opens up so many doors for so many things. Well, but it seems everything le- leans toward that. Go ahead, Blue. Yeah, we're gonna need to do an episode on just time I- travel. <laughs> the um, the. So we're, you know, again, going off some stuff that's being talked about in the chat right now, you know, there, there is a tie in to the pocket infinity here for the yeah. mythical class and the tie in. And this is another theory that DBM is talking about is that there is in the pocket infinity, a fire team mentioned, and that is fire team to who died in the Ishtar sink hunting the secrets of the Vex. They must, they must have come too close to something precious for the Vex descended upon, uh, descended on them with their typical inscrutable thorough violence. And the, um, the theory that DBM is throwing out is that maybe this fire team was actually trying to research how to recreate the mythoclass. And that was the, you know, the, the issue that some of the Vex might have had with that, especially since they were on Ishtar Sink, and we know that the Corrective are the ones that, you know, the the ones that kind of swarm across that Ishtar Sink. And they, um, 
trying to think. I'm trying to see if there's a connection between the corrective real quick. The, uh, well, and you know, they're okay. So yeah, here it says the scholars are willing to risk their reputation speculating about the Vex often assert that the corrective are an agent of change designed to solve problems or remake the world in a form suitable to the Vex. Others contend that the corrective is simply a strategic distraction meant to draw an attention away from the actions of the Hezen protective. So if they are, you know, let's just go down this little rabbit hole real fast. If if the fire team to yet was actually trying to recreate the mythoclast, and that's assuming that the mythoclast might have been designed to create a ability within the guardian ranks to destroy the black heart and free the Vex from this worship subroutine that, you know, was leading to ruin. Uh, let's just, let's just, these are all assumptions. So, but let's assume that that's the case. Then the corrective, because they are designed to solve problems and remake the world in a form suitable to the Vex, which are bound by this subroutine that tells them to worship the black heart, would necessarily want to prevent the mythoclast from being replicated if it was actually a god-slaying weapon for the Vex, right? Does that, would that kind of track? Does that... Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a, a weird theory on this, on the mythoclast. What mm-hmm. if it wasn't designed to be a weapon? What if it was designed to be a time travel device? Because it binds space and time into dot, dot, dot. Right. And maybe but, the firing of it is actually the byproduct. Right. Of its and it does, it does say that it's an instrument, not a weapon. But in, the only reason I would disagree with that, and, you know, Uni, jump in here if you have something that Get disproves it, this. But, like, the <laughs> fact that the entire paragraph about some legends live forever, others are overwritten, reshaped by the sheer will. Any god cast down, any foe vanquished. I mean, that's not that's not something to me that's like a passive instrument. It's, it seems yeah, like, yeah, that was, I mean, though that was granted, no, no, yeah. granted it does say the ultimate purpose remains unknown, but I mean that, that, that second paragraph definitely reads weapon to me. Yeah. Because if you think about it, a God is invincible. Mm-hmm. You know, a foe is quote unquote, you know, if you're underpowered or underleveled or whatever, it's invincible. But with this weapon, you prove that false. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Well, and that's so I mean, so in that sense, that's true. So it so in that sense, yes, it is a weapon. It is an instrument per se of and i was just i was just thinking it could have been that they weren't actually trying to create a weapon to kill the god but just make the god bleed mm-hmm. show that it's not invincible yeah just food for thought it's pretty spin foily Oh no, yeah, like that that entire like conversation that just happened was based <laughs> off I don't even want to count the assumptions. But I mean, it does seem the the pocket infinity and the vex mythoclast, you know, definitely seem connected. If if for no other reason than they are both very 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 deeply steeped in vex technology. 
Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to, if we're done with Mythoclast, which I could talk Mythoclast all night long, but um, I wanted to talk about a an item that we often overlook when we talk about the Vex, or at least I do. I mm-hmm. speak for everybody. Um, my clan founder's favorite exotic armor piece, Don't Touch Me. Um, it's because amputated. it's an awesome, it's an awesome <laughs> yeah. weapon, and you will not speak badly of this. Hashtag Fraggle Crutch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, amputated from a creature that stumbled out of a Vex gate, a vestigial defensive reflex still remains. Now, I just want to ask, we've never seen a Vex subtype that had any sort of invisibility to it. At least, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it possible there are Vex subtypes we have not seen? Well, the inv- the the operative phrase is you haven't seen them. That doesn't it, mean that they're not there. <laughs> Thank you, creepy blue. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we um, well, we also know that the taken minotaurs have invisibility. Yeah, yeah, but that's taken. That that throws all well cause yeah, and effect out the window. But I'm just if you look at the armor piece. It definitely has some pieces on it. It just looks like a regular hunter gauntlet um, that um, has uh, some little. Except it has awesome Vex arm doodads on it. <laughs> and if you really pay attention to Aldrin, it definitely looks like he might be wearing a "Don't Touch Me" variant. Well, how <laughs> else do you sneak around? Yeah. No, I just wanted to – it's not one that we well, really think okay, about all the time when we just, think about the Vex. Right. And just real quick though, it says amputated from a creature that stumbled out of a Vex gate. Not Maybe not necessarily a Vex. A Vex but yeah. me. And me. What, what do we know about the Vex gates? They go everywhere and every when. Yeah, I guess so. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also had I, I, had a I feel so much better now because I, I I was beginning to feel like a failure. I was why like, God, no, why didn't I? No, why, why, why didn't I? Why didn't I add this? Why, why isn't it in there? First, first uh, of all, uni. uni. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you're here, so you've clearly made it. Um, <laughs> you can rest assured, well, you have success. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, no, you're definitely not a failure. Uh, Unisys is the item guru. If he has only found five items, that's because there are only five items. <laughs> so it's, it's written. So it's, so it's written. <laughs> yeah. I so ate. Let it be done. I ate. Um, I want to ask a question on this one because I'm not real sure about it. Um, I just got an awesome hunter artifact. It's called the Parasitic Optic. Uh-huh. Um, have you have you looked at that one? I love that mm-hmm. uh, let me see if I can. yes, I yes yes I I have I I have seen that. Um, I posted it in chat and the chat turned to crickets. <laughs> um, I, that was like when I was getting caught up. I was like, oh, the chat stopped. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah, well, it, it happened as well. Whenever I started talking about the sink plates too, but um. That was an awesome. That was an awesome connection, by the way. Oh so, well, see, that's that's something I wasn't even going to mention anything about it because that's something I thought you know, 
oh, everybody probably knows this, you know. But I thought, hey, I'm going to put it in there anyway. And the chat was going like a Bungie live stream Reddit chat, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it stopped for like 30 seconds. And I was like, ah, I'm going to do it. And I, and, and I put it in there real quick. And then I don't think – I think Captain Kex posted right after. But then after that, it was – um. All right, what was the name of the artifact again? It's the Parasitic Optic, and I'm not even 100% sure. It was a Taken King. Well, obviously, it's a Taken King. We didn't have artifacts before then, but um, it's a legendary Taken King hunter artifact. And the the flavor text says, listen, I don't know how it works. I just know that it works, okay? No, I'm not worried. I'm not even real sure it's a Vex (laughs) Optic. But I, I don't. I was just well, wondering. It, uh, you know, <laughs> it looks it's almost more fallen than Vex. No, I would argue that it's Vex because the red fallens don't tend to have the gleaming yeah. red. That's more of a Vex. Yeah, when I saw a parasitic optic, I wanted it to look like the eye hole on every single Vex. You know, the the red. Kind of yeah. Well, that's that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Well, the thing that I thought of was also the parrot. Well, the parasitic being. Well, it could be either worm or the radiolorian. Mm-hmm. Well, and notice too, even though it's a hunter, and we all know hunters have senses, you know, a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But he says, "No, I'm not worried." <laughs> Why? And, uh, you okay. Know, well, 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 here's the thing: is every time well, I read re- a quote like this, I hear it in Cade's voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. But the reason I point that out is because of all the artifacts or pieces that we quote unquote carry. The Vex are the only ones that we are not supposed to touch. We are not supposed to be in contact with. With you know, um, but in this case, it's no. I'm not worried. And it may not be Vex. We, you know, uh, next update or Destiny 2, whenever it comes out, we may find out that this was, you know, something else. But that, I don't know, but that, that one line where he says, I'm not worried, that just, for me, that just screams Vex. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you state that? You know? I'm with you. So and, and that was one of the reasons going to be a boss. <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be a boss. It's a giant shank with an eye patch. He's going to just be coming for me. Oh. That's when you're going to want that shank burn. That shank burn. <laughs> God. Okay, so that's those are my two derails. Onward. Well, so let's let's touch real quick on Uni. Do you have any other? Items that you want to really honestly, no, not not right off, no. Okay, so let's touch real quick on the ideas from the chat, which predominantly the ones that I paid attention to, and that I was I I will admit I was out the this weekend, so I was not able to participate in chat as much as I would write really really want to. Um, so I am, that's 
just you know, just keep that in mind when I when I say these are things that were in chat. These are the things that I was aware of in chat because I was gone for a couple of days. Um, the the chat really focused around when I was in the chat. The focus was you know what are the vex, and we kind of talked about that at the beginning of the, the podcast. And you know we're you know we had the idea of maybe they are are they living metal with a radiolorian CPU? Are they the just the radiolorian fluid within an armored casing you know the 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 shell if you would and the radiolorians are actually the vex whereas the shell is the machine is just a an extension of them and the uh the chat you know uni jump in here or justin or pin or willie just don't jump in here if you guys you know need to correct me here but the, the opinion here was that they are a sentient robotic race um you know the the description that a lot of people have <laughs> the exo stranger particularly is that they are evil that is so evil that it hates other evil and you know that's really a subjective point of view as most of the npc races that we're coming to find you know we definitely found that with the fallen the elixni which is just a really tragic enemy the cabal which is what we're discussing this week in chat we're kind of finding also are not really quote-unquote evil the hive or well the hive are kind of evil no, they're evil <laughs> evil incarnate <laughs> they, they are kind of evil <laughs> that that ex that that entire conversation just kind of dropped on that hive but so the vets <laughs> cabal and fallen are not necessarily super evil the hive are just not they're they're just evil you want evil go go to the hive but you know the the thing about the Vex is that they're very robotic, they're very machine like, but they're not machines. That's the that's the important thing. That's a lot of people think that the Vex right. are these machines. They're the machine, they're the robots, they're the you know, the androids that are coming to take us. And I keep pointing out an exo is actually more of a machine than a Vex is. Because an exo is all cybernetic parts. You know, there there is no biological components within an exo. However, in the Vex, they have the radioiron fluid. They they have biological makings, and the reason we know that to be the, trace, the case is because they can be taken, and then and taken can only you can only be taken if you have a biological hook to grab onto, which we've you know talked about in a number of our our podcasts. And so they're they're not they are not machines. That's the important thing to remember about. The Vex. Now they are very robotic like and they you know they they calculate things and everything like that. They're they're very you know, I think we kinda of talked about it with the Books of Sorrow, how they kind of remind us a lot of the ecumen and they remind us, you know, there's some nods to them maybe being related to the Amnonites because of the the tentacles on the harpies and the gorgons. But it's also important to keep that in mind. Now, they're also described as living metal, which, you know, that just reminds me of Terminator 2, to be honest. But that's just me. I don't know if that did. I think that might be a figurative reference. Yeah, and, you know, and I and I can see that as well. I mean, so anyways, the conversation was, are they radiolorian only or are they living metal with a radiolorian quote like CPU, which is basically a the radiolorian is a which is an electric conducive material in silicon. And 
does that allow them to compute things faster, but the basis of their entity is in the the metal, if you would. And I, I'm still kind of in the camp of, I think it is actually just the radioloria. I think that that radioloria is controlling the shell, you know, the shell that makes up the, the goblin, the hobgoblin, the minotaur and all that. But ultimately those are all controlled in some form or fashion by the radiolorian entity. I don't know what, what do you guys, what is your take on what the Vex is and what, what do you guys remember from the chat? I know we kind of threw this back and forth for a long while. I'm very much of the opinion that the, the radioloria is the Vex concentrate. <laughs> I think that uh, it is the Vex or are the Vex, however you want to say that, and that the their metal bodies are actually the shells they've taken on. Well, what, what about this? And I, even I am not sold on this. Mm-hmm. This is just something I've I've thought about, and this may be a theory that's been discussed, you know, on Reddit ten different times. But we know that the radiolorian fluid is silica based. We know that it's salty, it's briny. What if? That is merely a conductor so that that shell or frame can receive those transmissions and actually process things. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, really, I, I really like that. And that kind of ties in with the later theory I'll, I'll share. But yeah, they do. I think it was May brought up in the chat that Radio Loria is actually electrically conductive and can act as a semiconductor. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just for the reference, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to channel Justin for 30 seconds. Well, I'm going to channel Justin for a lot longer. So Mayo just brought up in the chat that radioloria are, well, if the radioloria are sentient, then it goes to show that maybe the Vex as zooplankton are the lowest of low on the food chain, which leads them to wanting control and becoming a universal constant in all timelines. Excellent point. You know what else? There was another race that did exactly that, and we call them the krill. They were the protohive. So theoretically, since we're dealing with multiverses here, which Willie is going to just love me for this one, they could be protohive from a different timeline. And theoretically, they could be, that could be the Vex reason that they don't introduce the worm into their, their, the radiolorian fluid is because they're like, see that saw what it did to you and no thanks. So technically, if you if you understand that that you know that's probably what a eight on the scale i don't yeah. even know if that's an eight would I'm it be an it. eight i'm with it yeah yeah i think yeah, that's, that's probably an eight number. but be it's proud a of that fun number. eight and you know what be proud of that number. i'm gonna stand by that theory i know i i kind of like it i i'm loving it that uh they are um, the krill that never evolved to krill stage. Well, and, and you know, let's let's just actually let me let me qualify that. We know 
that not all the, the species on Fundament took a worm. We know that at the time of the Kaharnatol slaughter, which is when the hive and the worm gods managed to get enough sword logic to wound to get geostationary orbit, that they only consisted of 2% of the population on the fundament. I mean, seriously, that, that's an extremely small percentage when you, when, that make, when you flip that and you realize that means that 98% of that planet were not in the power of the worms. Now... You have the syzygy that, which completely and you know, supposed supposedly annihilated the planet, but we do know that there. And you, you know, you have Tau, who was a krill who did not take a worm. Um, we have the other courts that you know we knew they existed. Now, granted, the courts that we have names of were pretty confident were destroyed as part of the vengeance that Orash and her sisters you know, wrecked upon them, but there, there could be, it could be the, the Vex could theoretically even be from this timeline and technically be from fundament. Now there's a lot of arguments that will destroy this entire spin foil thing. You know, spin foil is very delicate. It takes a lot of care and all it takes is one wrong move and it completely destroys itself. And it will collapse in on itself like a dying star. Sorry, go blue. (laughs) But I mean, it's just, it was just, it was one of those things I, I just were, I'm watching, I was watching chat and Mayo made this point and, you know, I had, I had to say that, dude, that, that would be an just amazing tie in, in my mind between the Vex and the Hive. And it would explain a lot of the hatred that seemed to exist between the Vex and the Hive because what, I mean, let's just go, what if the Vex are descendants of Tau? Or Tao's resistance. We know that Tao had a rebellion. Oh my God! You know, I mean, what if what if the Vex were designed to construct a rebellion against the Hive, and this is the culmination of that rebellion? Tao escaped. We we don't know if they actually. They, we know for a fact that they weren't able to actually squash the rebellion against the Crusade that they led against, or led against the races of Fundament, but. I mean, let's just. I'm my I'm dying in spin foil over here, but you know, and that's and that's the, that's where I'm gonna kind of stop. Wow, you went full well, see, spin even, foil. Even You're I not supposed was, to go even, full spin foil. <laughs> yeah, well, even I was like, well, you know, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I thought about you know whenever whenever they first come through the the cut in space and time, mm-hmm. you know, going back to books of sorrow. I was thinking about that, and right. I, I, you know, well, what was the very first thing that the the Vex did when they come into Crota's realm was they started studying them. They started running simulations, but then I had to stop and think: if the Vex were per se around in some form um, at the time of you know whenever the whenever the the Creel become the hive they would not know them now right as they are they would not know them as the krill or they wouldn't even know them as the they they would look at them and they wouldn't recognize them you see what i'm saying i mean they would have in their catalogs per se in their databases they would have all this information about the krill and how they did this thing 
but they wouldn't recognize them as they saw them today. Right. You see Which, what I'm saying? Right. And and we do kind of get that when Coria, you know, infers. Gosh, hang on real quick. I just had an idea, and I'm trying to find where. Because we know. Well, there's two things that we know about the Vex from the Books of Sorrow as well. We know that they have connections to the Ecumen information. And we also know that one of our favorite people actually met with the Ecumen and advised the Ecumen on battle. Trying to find that confirmation. God, freaking. Where is it? Do, 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 do. Hang on. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a pretty cool spin for him. And I don't think it's that far out there, but let's I'll let y'all be the judge. So we know that it's been mentioned in game that the Vex are somewhat of a hive mind. And I'm trying to remember the actual phrasing that Dinklebot uses in that one mission where you first go to I think it's campus nine on Venus. I think that's correct. Um, and it says the Vex are a hive mind and blah, de blah, whatever else. Um, one single consciousness spanning time and space or what I can't remember what he says. But um, what if the Radio Loria or the the Vex, um, I like to call it Vex Concentrate, are a super organism? I had to go to biology for this because – but I could not think of the term to save my life. Um, and I finally found it. It's a superorganism, which is an organism consisting of many organisms. And the term is most often used to describe a social unit um, in animals. So ants can be described this way. A bunch of – there are different types of mammals that can be described this way. Um but superorganisms are used a lot in cybernetics and biocybernetics, and they exhibit a form of distributed intelligence, a system in which many individual agents with limited intelligence and information are able to pool resources and to accomplish a goal beyond the capabilities of the individuals. That sounds a lot like goblins, and but the thing that is always kind of screwed with me on the Vex is how do they share um, – Mm, yeah. How how how, did, how is it a collective consciousness when you've got these little pockets of radiolaria and fluid in the different individuals? And then it hit me back in the Ghost Fragment Vex cards. Um, I'm on Ghost Fragment Vex four, and this is the picnic card um, where they're yeah, yeah. Yeah. they're walking out into the Ishtar um, Academy. And uh, I'm just going to read just a little bit. I know it's getting late, but uh, up here they have to act by biomechanical proxy. No human being in the Ishtar Academy has ever crossed the safety cordon and walked the ancient stone under the citadel. The Vex construct that stabs up out of the world to injure space and time. It's not safe. The cellular Vex elements are infectious, hallucinogenic, and entheogenic. The informational Vex elements are more dangerous yet, and there could be semiotic hazards beyond them. 
aggressive ideas, vex who exist without a substrate. Even now, operating remote bodies by Neuralink, the team's thoughts are relayed through a war mind who saved them, sandboxed and scrubbed for hazards. Their real bodies are safe in the academy, protected by distance and neural firewall. And I'll kind of stop there. But cellular vex elements that I'm pitch I'm picturing them being airborne. Um, kind of like kill now drive. We, exactly. And I'm I'm like going back to what May said about them being electrically conductive. I'm thinking of them conveying information to one another like synapses in a brain right. firing across yeah. from element well, to element. And, you know, going let's just throw some string theory in there too. You know, that's that's the assumption that well and Ulantan kinda had that kind of concept that all light is connected. You know, there's there's the philo- philosophical theory that all life is connected in some form or fashion via an electromagnetic net of or other something, but that there is a connectivity between all living things. And if, you know, some call it the force, some call it, you know, a string theory, some call it, you know, the light, the dark, whatever you want to call it, there is a, there is a a theory that, that everything is connected and everything can communicate on some form or fashion with each other. You know, in the real world, you have that where, you know, you have the twin sense where twins, you know, report that they think they can feel if something was to happen to their twin, even if they're across the world, you know, you have parents who say that they have that, that sixth sense, you know, a mom, who says, you know, all of a sudden they'll have something happen and it's like some, you know, so-and-so's hurt. And there's that, there's actually, that actually is a theory out there too. And we know that because Ulantan has that same theory about the light because in the, what is it? The mission where you have to retrieve the shard of the traveler, Ikora even comments about that. But maybe Ulantan is correct. Yeah, and one thing that that I also found good in that card that uh, Vex Four is it talks about Vex who exist without a substrate. Now, to me, with the Vex, the substrate is the mechanical body. You remember in right. one of the Exo cards, mm-hmm. they talked about substrate chauvinism right. when they were speaking to humans versus Exos. I think the substrate is the physical body. Well, yeah. we we know that in, in that card, they actually use the Vex as the example of why that's not, you know, the case. And, you know, so just real quick, a substrate is basically, it says, a substrate is a substance or layer that underlies something or on which some process occurs in particular. And the definition within that is the surface or material on or from which an organism lives, grows, or obtains its nourishment. The substance on which an enzyme acts. So in your in your reading of that, that is actually correct. A substrate would be the vex shell because it's the, the surface and material from which that organism lives, grows, or obtains its nourishment. And so if you're understanding the vex as being the radiolorian material then their shell is actually a substrate. Literally, that is that is correct. So that was yeah, yeah that was 
This is why we keep him around. He has these crazy dragon theories, and then he points out stuff like that. It's scary. Boom. So what else? What else do we have from chat? Let's see. I know you want to talk about your sink plate idea. Oh, I can. Um, so this this is something that has bothered me for a long time. Um, I never understood the purpose of the sink plate. I knew mechanically in the game you had to stand on it, the thing come up, blue, blah, 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 blah. Well, but I never understood how it fit in, you know, the, I mean, what does this have to do with anything? Um, when looking for something totally different, uh, on Ishtar Collective, they have started, um, archiving the dialogue from the missions. And I found, yes, um, I actually found this, um, in one of those entries, uh, I think it's from the Gate Lord mission. Um, your ghost says, I know how to find a Gate Lord. Each Vex is part of a giant network that spreads through the mantle of the entire planet. If I can just get into their system, we can draw a Gate Lord out. Now, that made me, that just literally made me throw my hands up in the air like a little girl. And started <laughs> flailing around. For those who are not because watching, this? The, for those who are not watching the stream, literally that just happened on my camera because I just found a connection. So it's not just you. It's not just um, you. I do it all the time. Well, I'm like, yes, I did it. You're yeah. <laughs> well, because the first thing I thought of when I read that was where are the sink plates on the ground. What happens? This, you know shield light comes up and you stand in it and you hold it long enough and something happens. Uh, just like in the beginning of Vault of Glass, if, if as long as you control that sink plate, you're doing something. The spire slowly forms over time. What I was finally able to work out was that those sink plates act like a terminal, almost like a computer terminal, which allows you to access the vex net network so like like i like i just said in in vog if you hold the 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 sink plate open long enough the spires form in the gate lord mission if you hold the sink plate open essentially what you're doing is is using that terminal to access the 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 vex network and say hey gate lord hey come here i got something for you and and he comes out and as little as that is, as 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 little as me putting those little pu- those pieces together, I was so happy. I, I just just absolutely. It was just one of the things about the game that just truly I did not like because I didn't understand it. And my life is complete now. Yeah, I love it when game mechanics reconcile with lore. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it makes for a much more complete experience, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's just I don't know. It's it, and like I said when I posted this in chat, it was like everything just 
just stopped. I don't think anyone posted anything for five minutes. Captain Kex was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> cricket, cricket, <laughs> cricket. Well, that's like that's like today when I or what was it yesterday when I posted yesterday, all the, yeah, the legionary information. It was like, okay, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna, back to, I'm gonna go back to my corner. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, okay, so and I know like we like we have <clears throat> discussed in length. Obviously, the the hierarchy was a huge huge part of the chat um and you know, like i said i'm i'm actually what i i did say this in chat what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna try to find a way to um to archive this mind map we we have a couple limitations with the way um we're using a system called mind mind meister meister um, there's, there's a couple limitations and Uni and I are kind of working around how to get that limitation no longer to be in the way. And I think we, we have a solution, so we'll be working to get yeah. that, um, archived in a fashion. And then once we get it archived, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually append these mind maps going forward. I think I'm going to put them, I'm going to start putting them up on the show notes, on our Podbean site, so and this will be the links will be view only. Um, now yeah. that is not to say that there are a handful of us who will still be kind of scurrying around and updating stuff and all this stuff. I mean, like I'm I'm in the middle of doing an Osiris mind map that's getting rather obtuse. And oh, uh, you you think? <laughs> hey, hey, I told you. It is Osiris is connected to everything. Speaking of which, Osiris and the Vex. Oh man! Yeah, oh, how do we miss that man. one? I didn't miss it. I was given pins a favor and not mentioning it. But oh, yes. buddy. Um. So, like, what we'll do, what we'll do is we'll we'll start archiving these, and I'll get I'll get a link to view them, and then if if you want, we Uni, you're kind of the mind the guru on these things. So I will channel all request for them probably through you and maybe Mayo. And, um, I know captain Kex has his own Lorg Lorg chart that he is working furiously on to kind of encompass everything. So I don't want to overburden him with all these requests, but you know, those three are definitely the, the big masterminds behind these things. And so they will definitely, definitely be, I hope continue to be involved with these. So we'll, we'll get them archived up. I know there's a couple people in chat asking for them. So long story short, you will have access to the mind maps. We're just working through some technical limitations on the app that we're using. It's a good app, but there's just a couple of limitations we got to overcome. So that all being said, um, yes, Osiris is hugely connected to the Vex, and I have a huge spin foil theory with Osiris and the Vex based on a fixed timeline theory that I will spare all of you and not get into because I will not stop talking for like 45 minutes because it's just really, 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 really complex. Um, and it probably doesn't make any sense to anybody who's not been in my head for the past week doing this mind map. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't think, I think we got, did we get everything from chat? 
No. I think so. Unequivocally. No. Oh, <laughs> just screw with you. Um, I mean, I know, yeah. I know we, we probably missed some bits and pieces, and I know Well, we tried to touch on everything. It's a cat so. in two hours. Well, yeah, the Vex are the Vex. I, I love it. They're very vexing. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest that, you know, when this topic was chosen, I was like, yeah, this will make a good three days worth of conversation. Because if you look at the grimoire, just the grimoire, it's like, okay, there's this, 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 this. That, there's not... There's not a lot there, but once you really start digging into that card or each individual card, it's it's mind-boggling, everything that's there. And by the end of the fifth or sixth day, I was like, we need another week. I mean, we haven't even yeah. scratched the surface of, of you know... It's it's yeah, unbelievable. This is one of the rare times. This is one of the rare times where the lack of uh, specificity actually helped us. Usually, it's a hindrance. It'd be like, okay, we're through the grimoire. We've taken up thirty minutes, yeah. but in this case, the vagueness almost lent to more conversation. Well, and the other, I mean, well, the entire thing that throws a wrench into the whole presentation of the grimoire is the books of sorrow too because there's just a it's just a wealth of information i mean you know especially with the vex and the hive those are the two main players really in the books of sorrow i mean a lot of i mean the hive predominantly but the vex are pretty prominent in there too and the vex is the vex are they're they're such a large topic because of the time travel component there is, and you have to understand a lot of the theories that you know. Quite frankly, that the game developers probably have that aren't being released to us to fully understand the impact that the Vex can. Because there's a lot of questions, you know, like we were kind of talking about, like the whole question of if the Vex really have full control over time, why aren't they just writing people out of existence? Well, that indicates that maybe they don't have full control over time, which would, or maybe they do, but there's a, you know, the 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 timeline manipulation is not malleable, you know, to go off a couple Doctor Who points. You know, there's fixed time points, and maybe the entire timeline is fixed, but the, we just don't see that. But, you know, then you have the different references and multiple timelines, and, and there's, there's just, you know, the Vault of Glass. We did a full episode of the Vault of Glass, and to be honest, I don't think we did it justice. I mean, we, we didn't. There's There's intricate mysteries within the vault that are still probably being able to be discovered within the lore just by the very nature of its manipulative conflux of temporal manipulation. Like it, it doesn't, it's not a static thing. It grows and ebbs and flows within the lore. So the Vex are, it's one of those deceptively simple looking topics. It's like, Oh yeah, they're, they're Terminator robots, right? No, <laughs> yeah. they are, but they're not. I mean, they, they make Skynet look like an Atari. So, yeah. But I mean, so, I mean, yeah, that's, you guys have any 
anything that stood out from chat that we didn't touch on? I know we did not touch on some of the named Vex Grimoire, and we can definitely say that there are a lot of those, and they will be in they will be in the map. I'm pretty sure we have caught all of those. So yeah, and that's and that's one of the reasons you know why we didn't because we would have literally sat here for an hour reading. You know, there's so much, you know, there as far as that goes. I mean, it's. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly I'm like, oh, oh, OK, real quick. Good, good catch. Mayo from um, the chat. We have a Mercury theory, which is the question of why did the Vex pick Mercury to remake Instead of, you know, every Venus. Now, I'm going to have to probably let Uni take lead on this one. Because I think this was when I was not predominantly in chat. I kind of came in on the tail end of this one. And this is, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the the chat. The the concept that Radioloria are silicon-based. Now, and Uni, step in whenever you you're ready because I think it's the surface of Mercury is predominantly in in real life in in re- our world the Mercury current Mercury is predominantly a silicon crust. I'm going Correct. I'm going to probably get screamed at from the science community for completely mishandling this description. But one of the reasons, one of the theories was that the reason why that they took over Mercury was as not not necessarily as a means of a tactical positioning, but actually as a means of a resource uh, supply for silica for silica. Yeah. Now, yeah. and you know, we've we made a comment about this in the Vault of Glass too. Silica is actually pretty big in making. Um, glass which is the vault of glass and there's you know the fiber optics component within silica and stuff like that and there is a nod on the vault of glass uh throne as being composed of millions and millions and millions and millions and billions of uh radiolorian shells which is basically it presents itself as a ginormous cpu um, so literally the vault of glass, the, the throne that you see when you're fighting Atheon, that big diet that big diamond in the back, that's actually a giant supercomputer FYI. Man. So, but going back to mercury, the yeah mantle is silicon and the planet surface, I'm, I'm seeing the planet surface is 30% silicate rocks. So literally mm-hmm. when the Vex took mercury and they remade it they didn't they didn't do that as a show of force they didn't do that as a show of a tactical well it was tactical but it wasn't a show of force as much it was possessing it for the resources to maybe present it as a breeding or a feeding ground for them and i i think uni what what did i miss because i'm sure i missed something out of that theory yeah, I'm I'm skimming through it now. Um, no, I, I mean I I think you covered everything. See, this is this is one of the one of the bad things. I I, I don't want to call it a drawback. It's not a drawback, and it's not a bad thing. 
it's just we, we can when oh my goodness whenever we put our heads together <laughs> we can do amazing things oh man um yeah it's mayo pretty much took this one and yeah i i think you pretty much covered everything um if not they can slap me later but you know yeah i i think you pretty much covered that cuz i think if i, mean, I it's remember the silica is is right. they it's kind of like they were after it was it was a resource you know because they're silica based and you know they they were looking for that resource but in that process they essentially turned the planet because again their networks run through the mantle and they essentially turn that entire planet into a essentially a huge computer i mean think about it whenever the new monarchy was invited to what is it the um all the spires, um, oh, the lighthouse. Well, essentially, they weren't invited, but they yeah, they, they just um, kind of showed up. They showed up and they were doing a exploration for Executor Hideo, and that was the. Um, well, it actually says was, in the cards they were they were invited. Were they invited? I can't. Remember. Yeah, it actually says in the card. Um, ah, guy, yay, yay, yay. Okay, I feel terrible not having that one. No, 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 I'll pull it up. You should, Blue. That's reprehensible. Show your face. <sighs> just no, one it's, time, it's, so it's when a, you say that, I just want to shut my face. <laughs> like the bitter beer guy. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. it, says, it says right here, the site we were invited to is clearly a cult of Osiris camp. Huh. Gleaned over that one. Yeah, I completely... I... I I guess there was, I guess I was reading just the first, he said, we approached peacefully and kept our weapons holstered. Right. I guess I just thought that they were, yep, nope, good, good catch. Because, yeah, then he said, I became convinced during the inspection. So you want, let me read this real quick for people. It says, the lighthouse, it's a report from the Caloris Spires, and it says, Executor Hideo, there was no one there when we arrived. We approached peacefully and kept our weapons holstered, the sights we saw. Executor, Mercury is a beautiful place and forbidding. On descent, we mapped sprawling patterns of vexed light, an entire metropolis of unknown purpose. The spires strobe with lightning. A mist of burnt rock or some other effluent blows across landscape cut into circuits the size of cities. There is an atmosphere, as in all post-traveler records. The Vex have not disposed of it. From the surface, the sun is too large and too dim. Perhaps it is in the influence of the Vex constructs distorted the image. Perhaps Mercury is in many places at once. We stood for some time staring into the solar fire. I hold myself responsible for the delay. The site we were invited to is clearly a cult of Osiris camp. We found stores of glimmer, equipment, and books. A grounded ship of conventional design rests rest unguarded. The architecture is clearly self-evidently vex, but it has been ornamented extensively with fabrics and ritual objects of unknown provenance. I became convinced during the inspection that we were being watched. We ordered our ghosts to stay close. One of my fire teams suggested we search for connections to the Trinary Star Cultist, but if they exist, we couldn't see them. We inspected the carvings and trinkets left by the Osiris Cultist. All of us began to depart from the ordinary experience. 
My exo-teammate described the sense that she was buried beneath an enormous operating mass, locked up in a tiny crevice at the bottom of a labyrinth or mechanism. My awoken teammate felt an ongoing sense of deja vu. Her actions were precessed by an infinite echo in anticipation of all her choices. She became volatile and erratic. She insisted that we were surrounded. I remember a low ringing sound and a sense of numb filth, like gravel rubbed into a wound. I experienced the sense of imminence as if I were bleeding into the world around me. It was uncomfortable and profoundly alienating. I perceived all my actions as determined and inevitable. My ghost commented that the traveler had made something of this world, and then the Vex had eaten that something. We gathered the treasure left for us and departed as quickly as we could. This concludes my report. May it bring some advantage to our cause. So, yeah, and the other telling thing right there was that the Vex actually ate whatever the traveler had made of the world. And on top of that, they saw a giant metropolis. So there's, there's, you know, and then there's also the reference on vertigo. Um, and Mayo is also saying that too, since she said, since the Vex went to Mercury for silica radiolaria production, leading to the theory that the rivers under vertigo are rivers of radiolaria, the black and the black garden is their birthplace. So there the only the only thing on that one is that there there is a nod also on other planets to the network and DBM's pointing this out in chat as well you know earth has a network under it mars has a network under it venus has a network under it all all these worlds that we've experienced have vex networks underneath it so that's not in and of itself an exclusive thing to mercury but I'm trying to think. Oh, and then I just saw this in chat as well. The uh, theory was also tied into the fact that the Black Garden is actually a fragment of Mercury. And the idea of gardens, which plants, which, you know, were filled with plants, which, of course, plants, what do they do? They eliminate CO2. Well, there's a component, there's a there's a byproduct of CO2 that actually, it dissolves radiolora. So right. there's another nod there that the Vex actually do have a reason to be gardeners in the sense that it is survival. They don't want CO2 in the environment because it kills them. So, yeah. Yeah, I was just fixing to mention that, that, that Mayo had mentioned that in chat, that, you know. But I think, that whole point. I think, we, I think we knocked it out of the park. Yep. So I'm going to say that we should just move into shout-outs. Yay! This is Justin's favorite part. I am awesome at two things in this world. Naming stuff and shout outs. <laughs> Everything's named right now, so you're going to get... <laughs> I'm so nervous now. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm actually going to let our guest go first, because I'm cool that way. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> everyone 
no, seriously, it's um, so like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, when I started playing not long after I started playing Destiny, um, I joined uh, DBM's community over on Google Plus, and um, I've I I still hang out there. I don't sadly I don't post as often as I used to, but um, everyone there has put up with me for the past year and a half with all my big, huge, long posts and um everything uh my weapon reviews and and my arms day stuff and all those people have put up with madness for me um but they're all all great and and they were all really supportive um and the whole focus fire chat i mean there is absolutely nothing negative I can say about my experience um, since I've joined this group. And everyone, I wish I could name everyone, but it's, it's, um, I can't. And I have met some absolutely phenomenal people. And it's, it's just a pleasure and an honor to, to be able to hang out with you guys on a daily basis and just shoot the bull or talk lore or whatever i mean it's it's just it's it's a phenomenal community and if anyone anyone is interested in lore thinks they want to get into it they don't care to get into it but they want to learn more about it you know they don't want to become insane like us um join and and there is absolutely nothing wrong, you know, with lurking and just reading and popping in once or twice a week and trying to just read through some of, you know, some some of the chats that we have. Um, and it's you know a lot of the chats that are there. I mean, it's not just about destiny. It's it's we have chats for everything. So well, don't I be would, afraid. I would also point that some of the best ideas that we've had come from those exact people you know the that's the that is the, the beauty of the chat is that those random questions often spark the insanity to go off in a different direction and make us realize connections that don't wouldn't necessarily we we would have not necessarily realized to begin with so right yeah exactly because i mean we look so deep into things you know we're sitting there tying 15 different things together and someone comes in and asks this really simple question and we're like, huzzah, <laughs> it all makes sense now. It, there's so, a connection. So, yeah, just, you know, everyone over in the Google Plus Destiny community and, and, and just DBM for getting me into this stuff and, and his videos and whatnot – um and and just you guys for putting up with me. Oh, thanks, man. I'm done. <laughs> I caught feelings there for a moment. That was awesome. <laughs> I had tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so blue. You want me to go? Let me let me do really quick. Um, I got I have two. 
Uh, first off, giant, giant congratulations to Ishtar Collective. They have their community. They yep. got their community focus, and you know what? They absolutely effing deserve it. Most long they, overdue thing they, ever. They, oh my gosh, they are amazing. If you guys do not know what Ishtar Collective is, you need to check them out. It's Ishtar-Collective.net. We we could not do what we do as quickly and as efficiently as what we do as we do without their database and it's just it, just go to bungie.net and just read the collector the community focus it, baxter is amazing he's actually got a team now so we're i'm expecting just this thing to go i mean he was doing this by himself for a long long time and now he's got i think he's got four people i think instead of just himself so, yeah. So this thing's just going to take off. Um, the other thing, we, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of probably go a little bit overboard on this one. DBM actually posted this, and I kind of took it from, um, yeah, DBM tweeted something out, and you know what? It's it's something that I kind of I kind of got behind. There's there's a there's a young kid who needs a heart transplant and this is just a really cool thing and we're we're kind of trying just spreading the news. We're not saying if you if you have if you need to give money, but just spread the word. Um he he put it out. Go give him a follow on Twitter. DBM it's DBM Gamer 0722. Um at the time of this recording it was about 4 hours ago. He kind of tweeted this out and I just kind of pushed this onto pretty much everybody I know. So if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen a bajillion of these tweets, but it was it was a post on the Destiny community that basically said, you know, for those who just say that there's just salt left in this community, here's a random act of kindness. And it's basically this kid who needs he who's getting a heart transplant and he needs help. Um, his family needs help and they have a GoFundMe set up and everything like that. Again, it's just a small thing, but it's things like that that make this community amazing. And if you can help them just by spreading the word, just by giving them encouragement, maybe sending them a message, I don't I don't know. But the the important thing is is that to remember that at the end of the day everyone here is a person behind the screen. You know, we love talking about lore. We love chatting about all these timelines and ifs and then this and this kid is i i can't remember he's a he's a younger kid and it was just it was on the news and a lot of people saw hey he plays destiny and it just exploded um i know dbm has been watching the gofundme just to kind of you know keep an eye on where we are at and if we need extra push and stuff like that but and it happens every day. It's not just this. It's it's everything. Like there's there's a lot of dads in the Dads of Destiny that are going through stuff that, you know, the support of this community as a whole is amazing. And it's just something like that. It's just it blows me away. And so just a big shout out to DBM for that one. Also, like I said, if you're not already following DBM on Twitter, give him a follow again. His handle is DBM Gamer. 070722 and um he oh okay the he's he's updating me in the chat right now the kid is 13 and the surgery is actually happening right now so he uh yeah i mean just just give it a read uh it's been posted on the bnet we've reached out to you know we we've given everybody we know a heads up on it 
And so we'll see what we'll see what we can do. But just the random acts of kindness that exist in this community is probably part of the reason why whenever someone bad talks this community, it's like, you know what? It's not. It's not that bad. I mean, there's there's always going to be negativity floating around. But when it comes down to it, when it's when it's really needed, everyone bands together. And that's the thing that matters. So just uh, just wanted to give a big shout out to DBM and, and the community in general for that one. So, Justin, go go for it. No, that is how do I follow that? That was awesome. Um, I wanted to give a really belated. I I think we were all um, kind of caught up having Mel on last week, and we completely glossed over the fact that we were mentioned on the community focus, the or not community focus, the the clan spotlight on Bungie.net. The clan that was chosen, their founder actually gave us a little shout out and uh i just wanted to return the favor and say that was awesome they were order of the iron stag and they were a lore focused pvp clan which to me is just freaking awesome but um and also q is the founder i think of that clan he's actually in our chat now so he he actually oh that's awesome he's he's an awesome awesome guy that's awesome. See, um, and uh, I'd like to be, give a big shout out to Mel last week for being Wind of the Stars, um, for last week being a great guest host, and of course Uni for being a great guest host this week. And uh, oh, Potato Internet didn't drop once. First episode, not once. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for it to drop. <laughs> No, shut up. <laughs> it didn't drop. In transmission. In transmission. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys. Seriously, uh, I'd like to thank all the uh, community members in our in our group and all of the community members who have reached out to us and helped us grow this thing like Bife, Bell, DBM. Um, being in the chat tonight is awesome. I, I love how this is a community as opposed to a group of individuals serving their own purposes i think we're all bettered by the discussion well and i think that's the community in general i think everybody everyone kind of focuses on that and that's what sets the destiny community apart from other gaming (laughs) groups we won't we won't name name titles but we all know that our own but it, it definitely is you know every every aspect is more community focused and you know i think that I think that speaks volumes to the quality yeah. of the people in the community. The I've heard that the Skylanders <laughs> notoriously vicious. <laughs> Those Lego players. Yeah. That kid was throwing ass. things. <laughs> With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again for those over in chat for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Um, links to all our sites actually can also be found on with our episode archives over on the Podbean site, focusfirechat.podbean.com. Thank you again for Unisys for joining us for the chat. Uni, um, can you tell us real quick, where can we find you throughout the interwebs? Twitter, I guess. What's your what's Just, your handle? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, Unisys twelve, U N I S Y S one two. 
Um, that's my Xbox gamer tag as well. Um, I play solo a lot, so if you just <laughs> want to come hang out and talk, that just and, changed. That just changed. And then also on Reddit, uh, right? You're over on no. No. no, no, you don't want to get you don't want to get stalked on Reddit. Well, oh, no, yeah, on. I mean, I'm 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 Unisys twelve on 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 Reddit as well. Um, if you if you have any weapon questions, um, you know, or or anything like that, ho- you know, give me a holler. I'm I'm always willing to to talk and. Well, we're gonna we're definitely gonna have to get you back on when we can work out a schedule and maybe we can even get you on for a weapons episode. I think that just would be just items. Cool. How about or just items. items? Yeah, we need Ooh. we'll need to figure something out. So, well, if we can get people to vote for weapons of sorrow, oh, maybe. Man. Oh, <laughs> we keep that would be maybe. So good. Oh man. So please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or topics that you'd like us to see us tackle in the new YouTube series that we are in the process of putting together. I promise we are getting closer I think to getting them down. In this Justin's timeline. dragging his heels. I blame it all on him. In this timeline or another one. <laughs> the Lore sure. 101 series and then Justin's Spinfoil Corner. We try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we do have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account, which is just at Focus Fire Chat. So until next time, the lore band marches on.